I'm Tyler, the Phantom of Coney Island Dennering. I'm Connery, Devil Take the Hindmost, Hanson. <laughs> oh no. And I'm Tracy, we can't all be like Christine Thomas. Yeah! <laughs> Our honorific, anytime somebody's like the first guest or hasn't been on in a while, we both, we both go, yeah! <laughs> we should put that on the soundboard. Thank you, I feel honored. <laughs> okay, I'm recording it right now. <laughs> What's a hindmost again? We talked about this. The back of a frog's mouth. Oh no, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Like what? that's what Siri said. The back of a frog's mouth. Why specifically a frog's mouth? I don't know. I don't know. Hey Siri, um, what's a hindmost? The farthest to the rear or the last? But uh-huh. it did say something about frogs before, so I don't know what it's coming up yeah. with now. The farthest from the rear, so like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like everywhere all at once. Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> it is a good movie. <laughs> good movie. Good <laughs> movie. What's new? <laughs> oh, boom! We'll get to to that in a moment. Uh, this is the franchise podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Yes. And uh, in some cases, you know, we stretch the limits of what a movie franchise really is. <laughs> For my sake. Uh, for Connery's sake, once a year, we give him a, a hall pass a freebie. on the podcast. <laughs> a hall cast? Is that what it's called? A hall cast. I don't know. I should see that movie at some point just because I love Owen Wilson. It probably already doesn't age well. <laughs> hall pass with Owen Wilson in... I don't know who else is in Does, that. Isn't that the movie where like they're married, but they can like try to go out and have sex with whoever they want or something? Yeah, that's like you know, that's basically what Phantom or that's what Love Never Dies is kind of about, right? I would say ostensibly, yeah. <laughs> we could say whatever, <laughs> whatever Love It Never Dies is about. People will believe us because yeah. nobody's seen this. Eighty percent of you don't know what this is. I guarantee it. Eighty percent. Eighty. I guess it depends on our target audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say eighty to like ninety-eight percent of people don't know what this is. <laughs> yes. We are covering the Phantom of the Opera. Love never dies. Thank you. I mean, that's not really what like the subtitle is. <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera franchise, which includes the Phantom of the Opera, the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical mm-hmm. starring Gerard Butler, directed by Joel Schumacher, mm-hmm. uh, and as well as this filmed live version of the musical <laughs> follow-up, Love Never Dies. Yes. Uh, which came out in 2010, about 25 years after the original musical. Mm-hmm. 2012, this was filmed, apparently. Oh, 2012. Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this long gestation period there. Mm-hmm. Um, does this does this musical feel like a cash grab it was in a, some ways? It was 100%. a true meditation 100%. on the character of the Phantom and Christine and Rawl, and it just brought everyone to a neat finish. No, it was, just, it was just a cash grab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just a cash grab. My thought, it, we'll, we'll get into it, but my thought is that Andrew Lloyd Webber needed to be paid 20,000 francs a month. <laughs> I so he wanted had to write Andrew this. Lloyd Webber to have money to buy his third summer house. Where is it? France. There in the go. sewers. <laughs> Not in Coney Island? No. <laughs> he wouldn't go there. All right, we're talking about Love Never Dies, the filmed stage musical, because they never made a straight adaptation of it. But well, yeah. I think this is actually, like, good ground to tread on this podcast, because we've never talked about a straight up, like, in this, this style of yeah. a movie. Like, what constitutes a film or a movie? This is a filmed live production yeah it's with like, actors i guess you know technically like we'll have to find at some point like if there's like a trilogy of stand-up that like all ties in together that's when we're really stretching the limits like dave chappelle or something <laughs> yeah definitely dave chappelle modern John day Mulaney. yeah modern day dave chappelle is the best person we could definitely cover on this podcast he's a bad man these days right 
Uh, uh, Middling? Mean, yeah. I mean, he definitely has very problematic opinions for yes. sure. Uh, but I, I'm really glad we're covering this, actually, because, mm. you know, regardless of what my opinion on this actual musical and the filming of it is, it, like, we're going to get into details about how you film a stage adaptation and what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That just is interesting to me on a technical level. It is. It's interesting in itself. But we are joined today by one, Tracy Thomas. Hello. <laughs> Hi. She's here. Hi. I am here. For the first I feel time. very honored. <laughs> yes, welcome. The 150th episode. You're here. I know. Yeah, I'm honestly, it. I can't believe there's been 150. I am. It's going to take me a very long time to catch up. <laughs> we can't believe it either. We're like, oh. Oh. This uh, is our 150th episode, huh? More, yeah, guys. <laughs> it's not a bad on. one. Like honestly, like the show is so much fun. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it's so much fun. The podcast or the musical? The musical. Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the, I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy as a as a newish listener. I very much enjoy the Aww. podcast. Thank you, Thank Tracy. You. She enjoys it because she gets to listen to me. It's true. <laughs> Should I make it apparent that you are both in a relationship? I what? mean, yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> We can neither confirm nor deny. Nor deny <laughs> that we're seeing each other. Yes. In on this day. together on a podcast. <laughs> but yes. Doing uh, what you do best, talking about musicals. Um, yeah. Yes, actually. That's one of my favorite things to do of all time <laughs> ever. Um, it's really a problem. I drove all the way to see a show with my siblings the other day. It was three hours there, three hours back. The entire time, all we did was talk about musicals. There you go. It was amazing. What, you drove three hours to go see a show? Mm-hmm, yes. Where was it? Like it was all the Palm way in Springs? Escondido. Oh, Escondido. <laughs> it was That's in Escondido. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was in Escondido. So we drove all the way. It was three hours. It was a long drive, but the entire thing went so fast because all we did was talk about musicals the whole time. That's it was so great. Good. Wow. It was a lot of fun. It was Sunday in the Park with George, right? Yes. Nice. Oh, wow. yeah. Connery's favorite, actually. Yes, my favorite. I've been to Escondido for the Stone Brewery. Mm-hmm. And, um,. I think that's where we I had dinner. Oh, yeah? We oh, had really? dinner at the Stone Brewery, yeah. Nice. It was, we were on a super time limit. We definitely yeah. missed the first 10, 15 minutes of the show because the food take a little bit longer <laughs> to get to our table. But it's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like, like it's, Disneyland. It's like Disneyland. What? It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The Stone Brewery, I've never yeah. been so anywhere like it. the big devil it. is like everywhere or something? No, no, no. no, no. It's <laughs> just like, cool, it's got but... all this foliage and these fake waterfalls rocks. and okay. fake rocks. And yeah. it's just like, it is stunningly gorgeous. Yeah, my friend, my sister's friend is having her wedding there next year. So that's very exciting nice oh wow yeah that's nice yeah because uh lily is from uh like north county area over there so it's like whenever i visit her family and stuff like the first couple years of us dating we we went to like the stone brewery and everything over there because it's only like 20 minutes away oh that's so nice but um yeah i guess uh you know (laughs) not every day you find yourself in escondido no it you know and i i would like it to be a while before i find myself there again um just just because it's so far it's it's literally it feels like it's in another country it's so far away Mm -hmm. and the traffic is just crazy um but it was a lot of fun and the entire time nothing but musicals so i am ready for today (laughs) Good. Yeah. To any of our Escondido listeners, looking at you, Tony Hawk, if you're at that one skate park that I saw in that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. There specifically for that place? Yeah. Cool. I think he like, lives in Orange County or something. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> that shouldn't be my what's new because I watched it like a year ago. But there's a really <laughs> good Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max right now. But before we get any further into musicals and specifically Love Never Dies, we have to do our usual segment of what's new? <laughs> Thank you, Connery. So this is just our segment that happens every single episode. For any new listeners, just any new media we've been consuming, along with any 
personal life stuff going on that we want to talk about. So, yeah. Connery, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just always throw it at you because I'm like, oh, wait, do I have something? <laughs> uh, this time I might not have a lot, honestly. We've been recording a lot, so now I've not, I haven't done a lot. What was the last thing that I did that was media related? You don't have to talk about media, too. You can talk about, I don't know. Thanks. You made wine. I don't know. Oh, yes. That's a fun one. Yes. That's something fun. For Tracy's uh, birthday, Ooh. her sister was kind enough to set up a wine crafting class. I'm drinking a glass of my wine right now oh, called Super it? Sane 2. Ooh. Did you call it that? I called it Super Sane 2. What he should have super- called it... Um, something about my birthday but it's fine <laughs> it's fine you didn't have a super saiyan themed birthday <laughs> no connie wasn't <laughs> connie didn't have full like body paint as piccolo yeah. for your birthday <laughs> no you don't want me as a piccolo <laughs> or krillin i'm krillin i don't know who krillin is krillin's the bald <laughs> one with six dots on his head <laughs> okay he's super short that's okay is uh, he a video game character no he's an anime character well he's oh, also yeah. a video okay. game character i guess so technically uh, what makes it a Super Saiyan 2? Uh, the fact that I combined two two different kinds of wines 50-50 into it. And there's a little bit of static electricity around it. And the it. fact that I wanted to think of something as stupid as possible to make the Salmonier say back. He was like, he was like, what's this called? I was like, Super Saiyan 2. And I, he was like, he was like, your wine star. I'm like, which wine is that? He's like, Super Saiyan 2. <laughs> if it was Super Saiyan 3, it'd have a long tail in, yeah. in the palate. It'd be overflowing with energy. It'd be too much. <laughs> and then Super Saiyan Blue, that's too much. That's just a blueberry yeah, slushy. Isn't it like Super Saiyan Teal or something? Like, what is it now? No, it's Super Saiyan Blue, and now there, then there's a God God Mode. Super Saiyan God, and there's Ultra Instinct. Ultra Instinct, right? Yeah. You didn't want to call it Ultra Instinct Wine? Well, it's I not feel Ultra. Like you'd have to like, add it's, a, it's not a Red Bull or something. Like, it, yeah, I had to put like a Red Bull in it, and then I'd have to like blare like that guitar, like, dun! Dun, 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 dun. That's the sound I make, and I'm just zipping across the field. Maybe like cocaine has to be in it to be like Ultra Instinct or something. Jesus. <laughs> Goku's just hopping the cocaine and sensu beans. He's bringing the cocaine and sensu beans. But yeah, we had an honestly really, really, really fun time. Um, I had a fun time. The guy kind of was rushing us through the... Uh... I mean, we were we were late. Yeah, we, we were like we were half late. an hour late. No, we can reinvent reality right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. We were on time. <laughs> we were on time. We were early. Mm-hmm. We were absolutely yeah. not late. No, but yeah, we, we were late. And he had, felt like he had to rush us through a lot of it. So we were kind of like being like... Aah! We each downed about half a bottle of wine in about an hour. Yes. Which is a lot. It was a lot for of an fun. hour. That sounds like my experience of watching Love Never Dies. Yes. A couple hours before this with yes. you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what wine did you make, Tracy? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So basically, it was hard because what they did was it was this really cool experience where they put like wine in beakers and you felt like a mad scientist because there were all these test tubes and stuff. And then you had the problem is they wanted us to do math. So, like, we had to do percentages and we had to, like, mix them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, at the end of it, I just went with the very first one that he actually gave us instructions on how to do because I couldn't do it. <laughs> By the end of it, I was yeah. like, I was just having a great time. No I had had some mimosas <laughs> for, you know, brunch with my sister. I had had wine that afternoon. So I was just in no state to be actually doing math. Um, but I called it my Dirty 30 wine. Yeah. And nice. that is an appropriate name for a wine on your birthday. Did you put, like, olive brine in it? Oh, no. Okay, so here's the thing is, like, I don't actually actually remember what's in my wine because i was just so like i can't do this that yeah. i i don't even know i don't remember the mix i remember yours tasting good oh it's so good mm-hmm. 
it's incredibly good. Um, and honestly, it's just worth it to feel like a mad scientist. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it sounds really cool. It was a lot of fun. It's by that Picari. <laughs> yeah, it was like by the uh, the Grove. At the Grove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, if you're ever interested in doing something for like a date night or something fun, I highly recommend it because it was a blast. What's yeah. the? Uh, do you remember what the place is called? Um, it's like the Mix Club. Wait, what was it? Do you remember? It was like the mix mixing, the mix room or something. Wasn't mixology? I think it was like the no, mix room but or like Google Wine the Grove near that area. <laughs> You'll Somebody find it. Somebody please sponsor us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> I still don't know because I haven't ever since I got the soundboard. I haven't edited any of the episodes yet. So when this comes out, there's gonna be like four episodes where people are like. Oh, he's using the soundboard way too much. No, no, this is perfect. This like I like... told you, we're entering our shock jock era. <laughs> like that's what this is. Wait, wait, I need to find the. Uh... Hold on. No, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> it feels like Dwight at the board when he's like doing, oh, doing the the dundies. the dundies, and he's just like pressing oh, all the buttons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you deserve that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the joke wasn't fire. It's okay. I understand. Oh, oh no, I was just talking about. No, me. Dwight. Huh? Oh. Oh, D- oh Dwight. Oh. It's all about you. <laughs> so you made like a red wine, Connery. Yes. And then Tracy made like a white wine? Or no, no, no. no. They were red. all red wines. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It was all red wine. Because it was. Red blend. We had to fill out a booklet. Mm-hmm. It was very detailed. It was very pretty hardcore math. I got pretty nervous. Oh, it was actual math. And I haven't done actual math in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, It was... It was, it was really scary, actually. And you're like, how do I do this right? And the guy's like, there is no right way. And you're like, yes, there is. I, oh, because, the, okay, so the problem is it was me and all of my friends who, like, love to be by the book kind of people. Yeah. And so when he was saying there's no right way, every single one of us was like, you're wrong. Like, there is a right way to do this. It's at least like a template. Yes. <laughs> but there wasn't a template. And I no. feel... Honestly, it's fine because we were just having fun drinking wine, but I feel upset because I would not have gotten an A on that test um, had there been an actual test. Oh, we've got an A+. plus. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Aw, Connery. (laughs) Thank you. I love getting A pluses. Makes me feel really special. It's like a gold star on your day. There you go. Yeah, someone who like my parents just moved to like Northern California not too long ago there's just like so many uh vineyards and stuff up there and like mm-hmm. wine tasting and everything oh then you're like napa uh no they're like farther north than that they're up at like uh like auburn area kind of like rural, oh yeah like, yeah yeah sacramento and stuff like that uh but i mean napa i've always wanted to go to i've been to like solving uh and like wine tasting there is fun <laughs> for sure but just uh i just every time i go wine tasting I'm like how do you Okay. <laughs> I'm just like an idiot, but I'm just like, how do you turn grapes into this? Like, how do you make like different kinds? It's like such an art that I just don't understand. I'm like, I kind of like want to get into it. And that would be like my secret passion or something, I think, if I didn't do anything else. Or if I like. It'll be your Witcher 3 retirement. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yes, it would be my Witcher 3 retirement when. Uh, what, what's that area Geralt. called? Oh, um, uh, oh, my Toussaint. Yes. When Geralt retires to Tucson mm-hmm. for all of our <laughs> gaming listeners. Yes, but let's go. I do remember one piece of media. I'll say this first part because I feel like Tracy would probably say this next one. But mm-hmm. I watched Into the Spider-Verse with Tracy. Oh. Because I wanted to show her it. And <laughs> Tracy I, gave two thumbs up. Yeah. It was and great. It was great. I, I loved it just as much as every time I see him. Like, this is such a really good, really, really good movie. <laughs> okay, cool. It was such a good movie. Yeah. You liked it too, Tracy? I really enjoyed it. You know, I'd never seen it. It was one of those things where, like, there was so much media about it, so many videos made about it, yeah. so many, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that, like, I had seen that I was like, 
I don't know. I do that a lot where I like watch all the behind the scenes stuff and then never actually watch the movie, but I feel like I've seen it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually never sat down and watched it. And Connor was like, hey, do you want to actually watch this movie? And I was like, ah, you know, it's fine. It's a Saturday. We're chilling. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. It was absolutely incredible. I'm like, I feel now kind of like I want to go back and maybe watch some of the stuff that I've only seen the trailers and behind the scenes stuff were because I feel like you do miss out even though you feel like you've seen it all like you do miss out when you when you don't actually watch the movie yeah mm-hmm. what what other movies are like that for you like what I've seen like the trailers and stuff oh my goodness well like let's see I mean there's there's so many there's like like literally all the famous ones I, mm-hmm. I've seen very few movies in my life I which is sad because okay I'm not gonna lie you guys have covered some things on the franchise that I haven't seen and I haven't watched yet and so I'm <laughs> yeah. like I feel like I'm like cheating by listening to the <laughs> oh, podcast no, I mean first. that's really fine too yeah. because um, like the way like Lily is too she's like I have to watch every single movie in chronological order yes before I yes. listen to the episode so like mm-hmm. she won't listen unless like she's seen she's the movie seen and everything <laughs> oh my goodness which is like so everyone just has their own approaches and everything i'm like but i also you know i don't expect most people to have seen every single paranormal activity movie oh my god oh no i'm glad we covered all of them but i don't expect most people to have seen all of them are you at paranormal activity oh no we're not even there yet we're we're on episode like 40 (laughs) we're like we have a long way to go ladies and gentlemen but even like the pirates movies like oh they're so much fun i've seen all of them well actually i haven't seen the very last that's one the pirates one the very last one i never saw because there was all this talk about it all these you know articles that i read about it all these trailers for it all Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes that i just was like oh i just have no actual interest in watching this movie because i've seen all that i need to see like i saw the green screen video so i'm like why do i need to watch the movie i already know what happened the spell is broken exactly geronimo moran who is uh about to be on our podcast again Mm -hmm. uh who did just like such a great job at Talking trying to about break it. <laughs> yeah, talking about that movie and breaking it down and everything in that episode that I think just makes the movie so much better than the movie actually is. Yeah. Yes, I firmly so, believe that. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. So sometimes sometimes you can skip a movie and still listen to a, a podcast about it. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, oh. I do that all the time whether like the movie's bad or good. It's like sometimes if I listen to the podcast episode, then it'll it like encourage me to go see the movie just because i'm like i gotta see what they're talking about like people are passionate about it whether it's good or bad mm-hmm. they're like this movie's so bad i'm like all right i gotta i kind of gotta wa- go watch this that's but. exactly what i was gonna say like it can sometimes elevate the movie and be like make you motivated to see it and be yeah. like okay mm-hmm. well they talked about it, now i want to see it myself and form my, my own opinion and that's kind of what i feel like it's getting to me mm-hmm. for the podcast like as i start to get to these ones that like i haven't seen before i haven't heard before i'm actually really tempted to like look them up and find time to watch them which is hard for me because I normally don't have a lot of time to watch movies but it's something where it's like I do feel as somebody who doesn't have a lot of time or necessarily like an interest in in watching a lot of different movies yeah it does inspire me to want to do that which mm. I think is really really cool so thanks you guys for your podcast because wow. you're inspiring other people to do that this is definitely not written down on a script in front of Tracy right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm being paid the large you around her <laughs> neck and I'm saying read the car <laughs> just like love never dies <laughs> You definitely need to spend five hours of your life watching The Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans. Oh, no. But here's the thing. Like, you might inspire somebody to do that. And, like, if that makes a memory for them, if they're inspired to try to watch it. Like, that's so cool. They I think that's be, awesome. They should be inspired alone by the poster Tyler made for Clash of the Titans with <laughs> oh, Jacob. Oh, I'm inspired by the, all of the posters. Post. Yeah. Wow. Oh, by the way. Yeah, you need to send me your picture for this poster. I will. Yeah, I'll find a non-awkward one. It's going to be hard. <laughs> I'll have to find a non-awkward poster of this movie. <laughs> 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 like, Good luck. I don't think it exists. Yeah. 
um no i mean that's 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 so nice and like sweet of you and everything yeah. like, it's well, really it's, nice i mean it's really true because honestly like that's how i feel about movies in general like even if some movies suck like especially like franchises like oh most of the movies are bad in this franchise i still like to know where the story's going and i like to talk about them regardless because it's even if a movie's bad, like breaking them apart and everything and like talking about all the things like work and don't work, mm-hmm. but then also just like what you do enjoy, even if the movie's not good, uh, like on like objective levels, whatever mm-hmm. that means, you know, like, and there's a plenty of movies that I love subjectively that I know like a lot of people say are trash or whatever. It's just, well, I mean, okay. so nice to talk about. Them. <laughs> like, I will say like this, I think that you guys are extremely respectful of the source material in the sense that like, you know, somebody did sat down and had to edit that. Somebody did sat down and caution that somebody did sit down and like, you know, the people who work hard on these movies that like get easily trashed by the box office, like mm-hmm. they still worked hard on it. So, yeah. you know, it's somebody's labor of love. It may not be like their proudest moment. Maybe they also thought it was trash, but like mm-hmm. you're by talking about it in the way that you guys do, I think it's really respectful for the people who worked on it. Um which, you know, the you know, it's like the the maker versus the person who gets to like buy what the maker has. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just think there's a level of respect there that you guys really have for that. And and it makes me want to watch movies that maybe I wouldn't want to watch before. Well Tracy, you make me blush. Oh yeah, I need to move on before I get more uncomfortable. <laughs> like avatar 2 the yeah. way of water which we covered i enjoyed um, that very much. i feel like we were very nice during that one too yeah like, well, that was I actually mean, a great discussion with jacob jacob and Marangani. we still we still broke it down a lot but it's it's just like there's so like the vfx yeah is incredible mm-hmm. in that movie like do i like the plot do i like the story no oh. not really like i don't think the story really needs to be told it just mm-hmm. feels like another installment in like a franchise that's like telling you you need to see it because it's like a big spectacle yeah but there's like so many people working on that that are mm-hmm. so incredibly talented like Mm-hmm. Did you send me that Mark Marin thing where he talked about auditioning for like the Avatar movie? No, Jacob did. Oh, that was really good. I listened to that whole thing. I'm like that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, because he was supposed to be the uh, um, the scientist, right? Yeah, who's like sad about the whales and stuff. Yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> the whales were the, my the whales were my favorite part. The whales were yeah. good. Tracy, what's new with you? Me? Oh my goodness. Um, my relationship with Connery is pretty new. Yay. Hi, Connery. Hi, Tracy. Um, thank you for letting me be on the podcast. No I have been slightly bugging him. I was like, so when do I get to be on the podcast? <laughs> um, only because I was really excited to be part of something as cool as this. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've had my eyes open to a lot of new movies. Um, I am a big binger of Netflix shows. So if you haven't seen The Incredible Attorney woo um <laughs> you guys need to watch it because it is fire i just finished it and what i'm sad that? it's over so it's basically this i believe it's a korean television show that's dubbed over in english mm-hmm. and it's about this woman who is an attorney but she's autistic and so it's her journey of being a lawyer in this world and you know she finds love and it's complicated and they go through all these things but like there is there is such a fun element and also she sees whales which is really cool like like her thing is whales so like she'll like look out the window and there'll be a whale and she'll like get inspired on how to like solve the case or whatever and so it's really it's very optimistic it's very fun it's very hopeful everything is really like a bright color palette and it's just so much fun like if you haven't watched it i highly recommend that you watch it because it's just like the best the best half hour of your life for 
you know, the morning. Like I normally I start my morning with like a really, you know, true crime show or something like such a hard contrast to your other obsession. (laughs) I I love I love my like nitty gritty television shows first thing in the morning. But this has been a really nice little I don't know. It's like a, cl- a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Netflix. Yay! Nice. What was it called again? The inc- I think it's called the Incredible Attorney Wu Young Wu. Okay. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, it's oh, it's so fun. Good plug. <laughs> I thought really hard about that one. Aww. I've been nice. preparing. <laughs> Tyler, what's new with uh, you? Speaking of preparing. <laughs> I still don't know. I can play the air horn thing, but I'm too lazy to yeah, press the buttons yeah, on. No, yeah. the other one. The okay, good enough. <laughs> okay, that's good enough. <laughs> if it's short enough, you don't have to get like copyright for it. <laughs> um, I guess we saw, you know, we saw Cocaine Bear with oh, local that's right. with yes. local bad boy, boy Cutter White, White, previous and impending guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, new Indiana Jones movie. New Cutter White episode Ooh. coming to you soon to a podcast network. I'm excited. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. Anywhere you listen. We got to figure out Anywhere what that dial of Dennis destiny is. <laughs> Den- density. <laughs> what, 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 what is that? What is, what's a dial of destiny? What the do you think it is? Destiny? Yeah. I think it's like a phone dial, but <laughs> if you can call it. If you use it and install on a phone, you, it can, you can call your face. It's like a rotary telephone. Yeah, it's a rotary telephone, but if you rotate it to a certain number, it'll, te- it'll, it'll ring, and if you pick it up, it'll tell your fate in like the next hour. I mean, that's kind of what the black phone is about. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. That's basically what that movie oh, is. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think that's like a good idea. <laughs> uh, I guess you should check out the movie, I guess. I'm going to watch the black phone then. So I don't know. Check out the black phone, I guess. Yeah. But uh, related to that, I guess, like I, I've been talking to my parents a little bit about because they, they moved up north like uh, a couple years ago. Not a couple years ago, like a little over. When did, when did they move? I guess like last August or something. It just feels like they've been Six gone months? longer than I think. Yeah. They used to live like half an hour away from me. Now they live like eight hours away. One thing like we really bond over is just like talking about new movies and stuff like that. Nice. And they're just like definitely just kind of. You know, like, I don't know, I, like, fully immersed my whole life into movies, and they've just kind of, like, always watched a lot of movies, but, mm-hmm. like, that was never, like, their jobs or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know why I bring all this up to preface this, because they haven't even seen it yet, but I told <laughs> them they should watch Apollo Ten and a Half, What's that? Uh, which is the new newest uh, Richard Linklater movie, and we just covered all of his, like, before trilogy, mm. but it's all uh, rotoscoped, like some of his other movies, like uh, Waking Life and um, Scanner Darkly. But it's basically just like a reminiscence of his childhood in uh, around Houston area, around like when NASA was getting going and everything, and okay. how everything was just very about like the space race and everything in the '60s. Nice. Um, and it's half that, and it's like ha- it's like semi autobiographical, where it's like not like half of that is just like a lot of his memories. You can tell like that he experienced himself as a kid with like six siblings, just that very like you know boomer mm-hmm. kids growing up and everything um as well as like this other narrative of like him as a kid being as part of nasa and like being like the first kid to go to the moon and everything so there's like a lot of fantastical elements while also there being just like a lot of reminiscence about his childhood and i don't know for me personally it just had a lot of like i had a lot of different like feelings and emotions about it because it's like part of it felt like so jack black narrates as if he's like, oh, back in like when I was a kid, you know, like <laughs> it's Jack, so funny. It's I Jack mean, Jack Black. Black's in his fifties now, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is he really? Yeah, I think so. What? Yeah. 
He has a big old beard now a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. He's but powerful. He, he's just like reminiscing about his childhood and everything. It just reminds me of like my parents and like their siblings. And because both like, well, especially my dad's side of the family has, he has like five siblings. Oh, wow. And so it's just like, oh yeah, this is like definitely his childhood. And it's like making me think of that in a way where it's just like, oh, I want to hear about like what that was like. But at the same time, this is inherently annoying to me to hear about like how things were in the sixties, you know, <laughs> things were so great. Weren't you and, like, just talking about that? You want to be like that? <laughs> you feel like that <laughs> or something? Uh, yeah, no, I know. I'm just becoming my parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just talking before the podcast. How it's just like how people three years younger than me scare Freak me. Freak you because out. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just, I'm like, I'm old now. <laughs> But it does just like I don't know, I don't know about every, like either of your parents tell the whole like same stories over and over again about how they were kids. Does Bobby like, T say that? No, um, Bobby T. I already like. Him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool dude. He goes swing dancing every. He is very Sunday. cool. Yeah, my dad is very cool. Does he say um, that's money, baby? No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but he does have stories. He doesn't usually repeat stories, but when he does tell stories, it's always really cool. Um, because I feel like you know, it's one of those things where. I also, I always forget like my dad grew up in just like a different a different mm -hmm. time a different yeah. generation. So when he does tell his stories, I'm always like, oh yeah, things were totally different. Like even just like 10, 15 years ago, things were totally different. So it's mm -hmm. like that big of a jump just feels kind of. It's always interesting. I yeah. love it. Sounds like such a fun movie. My mom like discards her past. It feels like sometimes, or she's like, oh yeah, I dance. Like oh, I was in a few like famous music videos. It doesn't matter. Like who cares? It's stupid. Like, which I find very strange to this day that she, like, does that. She's like, let's see how I dance. I run my own company. Blah, blah, blah. Downplaying all of her Very, very much things. downplaying. All of her incredible <laughs> achievements. Downplaying. I know her incredible I, achievements. I two kids as a single mother. Blah, 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 blah. Like, absolutely incredible achievements. But, exactly. you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, no you're big an deal. incredible lady, Mrs. Hanson. It's we know true. you're listening. Love you, Mom. Big thumbs up. You're really behind. Big ups. Big ups to you. Two thumbs way up. For real, for real. For real, for real. No cap. Okay. You guys. You've embarrassed yourself to your own mother. <laughs> yeah, as if I don't all the time. But don't worry. The young ones understood. They did. If they listen they sure to this did. podcast. They all, nod, they all nodded their heads and are like, yeah, they got, Connery's, yeah, they get Connery's it. one of us. He, you are. <laughs> you belong. Tyler's just like rubbing his face in exasperation. <laughs> no, I just started this talking about Cocaine Bear with Cutter White. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. It's me. I just totally segued into a different movie. Cocaine Bear, not very good. Love Elizabeth Banks as a person. Like, I don't know her personally, but it's just like, yeah. I always root for her. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. I hope she makes like a great movie at some point, but like this one didn't really work for me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's mostly just not as funny as it thinks it is. And Oh, that's what I was thinking. Where it's just incredibly violent, but like not in like an effective way. That's, it doesn't need to be dramatic. It just doesn't really work for me, even in like a comic tone either. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, we saw that with Cutter White, but also yeah. Apollo 10 and a half just made me think of my parents a lot and how just things were different. Things were different back then, and just the last time I visited them, they were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we used to, like, bike all over, and, like, our parents never, like, knew where we were and everything, like, just all this stuff that, like, my parents always tell me, especially my dad, Yeah. and they were both just, like, over dinner, like, me and Lily were up there, and just, they're like, yeah, things were sure great back then and stuff, I'm like, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I mean, like, if you were white, and then they're immediately like, oh, yeah, no, no, like, things were just different, like, it's just 
that kind of yeah i just have a very complicated relationship with not with my parents but with Back their then. vision of what that was in their limited scope of their own reality within the 60s mm-hmm. you know so basically what i'm trying to say is <laughs> apollo 10 and a half is a very good movie but i have conflicted emotions about it because it's feels kind of rose-colored glasses the lens of a white little boy yes mm-hmm. and that's just like inherently like i'm not really looking for that but I feel like my parents would like the movie a lot, so I recommended it to them. <laughs> there was a movie you call like the perfect Thanksgiving movie. What was that again? Um, With like the divers? Oh, 13 Lives? Yeah, 13 Lives. It is the perfect Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> so I'll plug that again. Watch yeah. 13 Lives, the Ron Howard movie. <laughs> uh, that came out last year, and that, like I don't think a lot of people saw it. It's on, it's on Prime Video. It's about the, uh, um, the Thai uh, cave rescue. Mm-hmm. When like they had to, like, oh yeah, the, like, where they were like, like they had to like go rescue all those people down in the cave, yeah. right? Like the soccer team. I remember that. Oh yeah. my gosh, they made a movie about it. They yeah, did. There's a documentary okay. uh, that's supposed to be really good too, but uh, I just saw this movie which has like Viggo Mortensen and Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell's okay. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need anything else. Colin Farrell is in this movie. I'm gonna be watching it. Yeah, there's like one more person I'm totally spacing on. That's like a big. It's okay. We have Colin Man. Farrell. We don't even. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even matter. Like we have Colin Farrell. We're fine. The answer is Colin Farrell. The answer is Colin Farrell. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to not psychoanalyze your parents, you're just trying to watch a movie with your parents, check out 13 Lives <laughs> on Prime Video. Anyways, I guess that's our what's new. Boom. Bleakness. Bleak. <laughs> well, it's a musical. It's the musical episode. You should say, Buenos Aires. Buenos you know, Because it's, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber and What's New. Oh. Thank you. I, okay, I'm a nerd. Is that from a, a Vita? <laughs> it's from a Vita. I'm not, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> I'm not a musical theater nerd. Lights up on Washington, heights up on Hamilton. What? Wait. What? What? Uh, um okay that's a good transition though tracy thank you very much for saving me from my own having two glasses of wine (laughs) i am here for you (laughs) i've got you um i am so nervous about this recording that i am like desperate to stay on topic so don't you why are you nervous about it i'm just like okay well i don't know i just i feel the pressure of musical theater knowledge weighed upon i just yeah i don't worry about it though i used to really worry about everything and then i'm like oh like you know it doesn't really matter (laughs) it's just whoever listens to this (laughs) okay good i've never had i guess like this part Yes, I guess sucks. nobody else is literally <laughs> listening to it every single day because I listen to it every day. So I guess nobody else is like as uh, as, as trying to catch up as I am. You're so like really I think I I really am binging it. Um. So yeah. No. I guess nobody else is listening to it the same way I am. So it's fine. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's people, and there I'm people. sure we have you know millions of listeners. You and, do. Uh, we do. They're just not talking to us. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I would love some feedback from you know Jacob Padilla. Past, previous impending guest i love you so much i know you respond to us all the time and i really yep. appreciate it it's not a you thing it's just Hi, i really appre- uh, would appreciate it if other people also reach out to us <laughs> <laughs> it's not like i love that but jacob's always responding to us but like i gotta feel like someone else is listening out there right like i see the numbers like i know people other people are listening so i just think, uh, i think we got a bunch of lurkers we yeah. there's a They're lot like of people me. who are lurking in the group chat yeah there's a bunch of phantom of the operas listening to yes this. and you're that's- a phantom in the best way lurkers yeah, not not all the problematics of the fandom. You live in a sewer. You live in a sewer, but you're a nice guy. <laughs> you're like a, a ninja turtle. You live in a sewer in Paris. You get twenty thousand francs a month. You blackmail 
um, the opera corrupt owners. Corrupt businessmen. Corrupt businessmen, it's true. You mm-hmm. say cowbunga, you eat a big pizza, and then you're done. You're done. done. You beat up Shredder, you call it a night. <laughs> you're about to say you beat up Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you beat up Shrek 2. Fuck it. <laughs> Shrek 2? Shrek 2! Not Shrek the third. Not a hero! <laughs> okay, honestly, no, no, no. Shrek 2 is the best, y'all. Don't, don't it, go I agree. It's the best Don't go one. bashing Shrek 2. I'm not going to ask you to specify what you mean by the best, but Shrek 2 is the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is. Do you think they make Shrek the Musical 2? Um, I would go see it. Shrek I, the Musical. If you haven't seen Shrek the Musical, it's on Netflix, y'all. Go see it. It is great. It, Sutton Foster is no. everything. I haven't watched it since the last episode where I said I'm ignorant of Shrek the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a vendetta because it didn't have the uh, Smash Mouth song in it, but I know it has a song about farting. It's so it's yes. so good. It's incredibly good. But thank you for constantly trying to transition us back to like this actual episode. My brain is like I on really a mission, you guys. I'm so sorry. It's because good. I feel my, like it's our guests that do that every time anyway. Yeah, my tendency <laughs> is to like constantly avoid actually doing the episode. And then Connie's there like being polite and like not correcting me. Oh, well, it's like... <laughs> We're here with purpose. We're here with mission. We're here to yeah. talk about musicals. We're here to talk, talk about, about the fact that love never, never. dies. It Not never once. dies. Yeah. Especially when you stalk people from and like organize their whole lives from across the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a not, lot it's not highly problematic. No. But anyways, I think this is a good place to ask you, uh, Tracy, yes. where like what's your experience with musicals? Oh my goodness. Let's here. Let's just break it down real quick. Okay. Your experience with musicals, okay. your experience with Andrew Lloyd Webber, okay, and your experience with Love Never Dies. Okay. Oh my goodness, those are heavy topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Take your time. so heavy. Okay. So mm-hmm. my experience with musicals is, you know, I am a traditional musical theater kid. Grew up doing musical theater. Have a deep passion and love for musical theater. I don't know pop songs. I know musicals. <laughs> I don't know references. I know musical quotes. <laughs> so um, most of my life is spent, uh, even now, even to this day, is spent around um, enjoying musicals and mm-hmm. that culture. Just you know, the theater, um, the theater world in Los Angeles is pretty small. And so my family is pretty integrated within it. And so it's funny, like we went to the show in Escondido and my siblings mm-hmm. knew like 40 people there, um, <laughs> which yeah. it's in Escondido. Wow. But like that's just the L.A. theater community. We're just very, very small. And so it's one of those things where it's like when you find your people, you find your people. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of grew up with that. That's just been my life. I love musicals. I love listening to musicals, um, new musicals, old musicals, um, bad musicals, good musicals. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like if it's a song and there's a dance and there's a shiny dress on stage, I am for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, that's just kind of like my history with it. Just in the sense of like, you know, as a, as a very young kid, I really enjoyed it watching Disney movies, um, and kind of growing up through that. And then, you know, it turned into its own passion as I grew and grew, but it's just, it's just the best. If you're not a musical person, um, I highly recommend that you become one because it's just, (laughs) there is something for everyone. Genuinely. There really, there, there is all kinds of musicals. And I think that's one thing is like musicals get a bad rap. I think because a lot of people think. It's just this big show. But there's all kinds of musicals, especially now, that are coming out that speak to all different kinds of people in all different parts of their lives. There's musicals for people who are going through heartbreak. There's like musicals for people who are going through um, joyous times. There's all kinds of, of musicals for people. Um, and it's just another way of expressing how you feel. And it's, you know, like mm-hmm. musicals, it's just another way. Like there's films, there's movies. There's It's just another way to like... I guess films and movies are the same thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. I'm like losing it. But no, but it's yeah. just it's just another expression of like 
the inside of how someone feels Mm -hmm. and they're trying to tell the world about it yeah it's like okay so i mean like movies were my big thing like growing up Mm -hmm. and everything and like i guess like video games too but mainly movies that made me be able to like identify with things so it's like hard for me to like basically like what what it's like a a difficult question but like what got you into musicals in the first place like what was there like a seminal moment like the first musical that you saw (laughs) that really got you into it or yes oh yes (laughs) i would sit at my grandma's house in front of her couch from a very young age and my grandma had three vhs tapes one was a really scary um, circus show that she thought <laughs> I really it was like a filmed like circus video yeah. and she really thought I liked it and she took me to do circus. It was a traumatic experience. Was it like Circus Vargas or something? Or? Kind, yeah, it, I don't know. It was just like this. They like tried to make it fun. And so they like filmed this circus and there yeah. were like elephants and the ringleader. And it was like you're at the circus and it's like all these things happening. But I remember because there was only three va- like VHS tapes, like obviously I watched it cause I got bored, <laughs> but I just remember <laughs> being very traumatized by it. But then we went to the actual circus and I was even more traumatized by going to the actual circus because oh, no. like there was just clowns running around and mm. it was not okay. Yeah. You don't like um, the clowns. No, but it was actually, it was really, really fun experience. Um, just in hindsight, like I know where they were trying to do by doing that but like mm-hmm. you know yeah. clowns you were not good it. clowns not great clowns definitely um, scary that people thought were <laughs> fun yes <laughs> at a certain point yeah at one point they were fun and then um they went around and they tried to hurt people and i'm not cool with that yeah there's <laughs> um, a there's a mini conspiracy theory about that where it's like why that happened like all at the same time across the country and like why oh, yeah. they all kind of just disappear at the exact oh. same time I don't know, but that sounds really scary. I think yeah. it's just an internet it's thing. It's literally just the internet thing. It's I, like a fad yeah. coming and going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's on yeah. the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Okay. So, that was the first VHS. The second one was the Oscars and Hammersteins version of The King and I. And the third one was My Fair Lady. And so, in between watching my circus videos, I was watching this woman <laughs> in this ball gown dance around and sing. And then this other woman scream cockney at, you know, these horses as they're running by. And I side tidbit i there were two vhs tapes um for my fair lady but i thought there was only one so i always thought the show ended at the ballroom scene um and i didn't know until i did the production in high school that there was a second act (laughs) like i didn't know that more stuff happened because i always only watched the first vhs tape watching the first vhs of titanic only (laughs) (laughs) and honestly that's that's what happened to me it's like in high school i was like wait what happens now (laughs) damn 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 Damn. Yes, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> because I prided myself in being a musical theater kid who knew all the musical theater stuff. And so to find that I didn't know about this very famous musical, <laughs> it was just like, it, I was, I actually was very devastated. <laughs> it was awful. Um, but no, so yeah, so that was like my childhood was, was The King and I, My Fair Lady, and a really scary clown tape. And so that's just kind of like how I started. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I started my musical theater life was just like from a very young age. was introduced to you, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it was just, you know, to this day, those are like two of my favorite shows. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Both of which I have not seen yet. You haven't, you seen, haven't that? seen My Fair oh, Lady? We can, no. psh, we can watch Ooh. that. That sounds great. I think you'd like My Fair Lady a lot. I'm really like, <laughs> we've had this podcast for like three years now. Yeah, three years. Uh, it feels like it's been shorter. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we had this podcast for a little while now. And every year I try to make, uh, I we both make a point to do a musical franchise mm-hmm. each year because like that's very much you Connery. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I, finally, after three years, I'm like, I need to go to more 
musicals, like see them. Yeah, you send that that group chat to me and Annie. You're like, I found this site with like all yeah. like the musicals that are like coming to town. <gasps> really? So because yeah. like fun. theater week is coming up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, in this this month of March. Yeah. Which I had no idea about until I heard an ad on an, a uh, true crime podcast I was listening to. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing hey, to do with it. It doesn't matter how you hear yeah, about it as yeah. long as you hear about it. Mm-hmm. Come join. Listen, mm-hmm. join us. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> What's that from? Tracy? The join us, da da da. It's not like oh, that. Oh, I could not tell you off the top of my head. Is that like? It's not. It's from 1776. The musical. Is that oh, cabaret? Okay, here's the thing. They did redo that with <laughs> all women. Very interesting production. Oh, they did. Sit down, yeah, Joan. Like it's, it's actually new. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's it got interesting reviews, but the concept is cool. Yeah. Do they still say like, sit down, John? I don't know. I didn't see it. Sit down, Joan. Maybe. I think it's, they're still John. I think they're, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I am speaking of this as someone who has no actual knowledge of this production other That's than okay. what That's I've good. heard. That's all we That's do. usually how I talk about yeah. <laughs> the podcast. Like, oh yeah, the movie's so good. I haven't seen it, but it's so good. Yeah, but no, people People uh, had mixed reviews about it, but I love the concept. I love the all women. I love the, the missed ethnicities. I love the representation. Um idea whether or not it was executed well is something that's absent and love never dies there is nothing (laughs) i mean if if you're going to go back and do 1776 i would think that you'd have your tails between your legs you know yeah after hamilton be like uh yeah we can't just have all white men like we can't do this anymore oh yes uh but what about andrew lloyd webber what's your favorite alw oh. <laughs> joint okay, that's so hard you can't, ALW joint. you can't ask that of someone yeah you can um, yes, you i'm can. doing it right now how do you okay so it's like how do you choose a favorite you know i don't know dog i would say dog but like i guess you know family member fa- yeah it's well it's just it's asking you to pick your favorite something out of a group of somethings that's the same something yeah they're all like similar <laughs> they're vibes. All similar. Yeah. Yeah. but okay i will say probably my favorite favorite is avita and i think it's avita because she just gets to sing so beautifully and she gets to belt and he rarely lets anyone belt Mm -hmm. normally his stuff is like coloratura or very much alto there's no like fun sorry there's no fun like belting roles in andrew lloyd webber like he's very classically uh written most about of the Judas time. and the Jesus Christ superstar okay yes but that's but that's <laughs> but it's different because it's male versus female voice yes so it's like in the male perspective like everything okay no 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 no. I'm rewinding this topic okay <laughs> no 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 so for the men he yeah. writes this stuff where they can just they, go berserk. they just sing man they just let rip and they just go and for the women he has this this idea that these women are just like fairies who can just <laughs> sing incredibly crazy notes at all times. Yeah. It doesn't matter the character. Sounds like ALW. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I like that you're calling ALW now, by the way. He just has this vision of women as just, just like they can just yeah, do ethereal things. He's the phantom. Yes, yeah. he is the phantom. He is the phantom I'm in so many ways. I'm a man in a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> in so many ways. Too many but cats in my like, house. It's hard because he is someone who has 
has written things that are so universal. Yeah. Like they are so well loved by so many people. He's and so that's talented, like yeah. he's so so incredibly talented. Um, which is, you know, everyone who's incredibly talented also deserves a large flop. Um, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> we'll see. But <laughs> but I will say, like, you know, Avita allows the women to just sing without being crazy high. They get to just explore a range that's like actual like I can sing Christine, mm -hmm. but very few women can sing Christine. Yeah. A lot of women can sing Evita, which opens it up to this, to this, especially like casting. And if you're th speaking of like diversifying casting, it yeah. allows for more women to be considered for this role as opposed to um, Christine, where you have to be a coloratura soprano to sing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so like it just in, just in diversity of casting for, for female voices, it just is a bigger and wider role, if that makes sense. This makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, like, there's songs in Love Never Dies that, like, I feel like even in The Phantom of the Opera, like, here I, I'm, like, a total, uh, what's the term, like, wet behind the ears about musicals <laughs> and, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber and stuff, where You're it's just, just like... You're just learning. You're just getting yeah. started on your journey. Uh, it's... There's, like, that one, like, operatic song in yes. Love Never Dies, yeah. and it's just, like, it seems, like... Phantom of the Opera didn't even really have like I feel like as much of an operatic. Oh. No, yeah. Moment. Think of oh. me. I would say Think of think me of does me is, is incredibly high. All of her awing yeah. is like in the stratosphere. And then yeah. uh, what's the song where she's at the tomb again? Uh, oh yeah, uh, wishing you were somehow here. Wishing again. you were somehow here again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all like in the stratosphere. I used to sing all that for like practice sessions yeah, because nice. like it's a really good way to practice and warm up your voice and get like practice your head voice really practice getting into that um but it is extremely difficult and it's a limited range not everybody can do that see mm -hmm. tracy i like that you're kind of counter to your nickname like not everyone can be like christine like well i can sing christine I can, okay here's the thing though like i i am counter to my nickname but uh if you got it flaunt it yeah there you go girl Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a fool because my what's new should have been. I just watched Along Came Polly for the first time oh. last night. Yeah. Uh, a movie Lily had seen like so many times before. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole scene where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is playing Judas in Jesus Christ Jesus Superstar. Christ Superstar. Ah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm playing Judas and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he like loses it you know like he goes way out of control because he's like a former child star or whatever nice. and uh you know that would have been a really nice tie-in for what's new but i'm just uh you know probably just padding out the podcast at this point we have so much to talk about it's okay you like but your I, long hey, plays all in k paul really gets on netflix yeah <laughs> I, I I had to I derailed everything to talk. No, about I'm so glad no, you no, mentioned no, that because I had that a clip of literally him like in like the Judas like all black like turtleneck long sleeve thing. Yeah, like, and uh, then he like tackles Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm playing both. <laughs> I'll play all the parts. That's what Christine wants to do. I mean, Christine doesn't know what she wants. Christine. <sighs> okay, what? Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Love Never Dies on like yes, a, on like a surface level. Okay, like just basically like what is Love Never Dies to oh. the phantom of the opera like what what's the context here for this musical like you definitely cannot see this without seeing the no. phantom of the opera yeah. i feel like yeah it has to it feels less like a sequel more like a like kind of like a companion piece yes mm -hmm. well, it's a fan fiction andrew lloyd Webber yeah. doesn't consider it a sequel like he considers it like 
a separate story with the characters. He doesn't consider it a sequel to. <laughs> so upsetting. It. I mean, you know, it is. What it, Why does he just <laughs> own it? You coward. He. Okay, you can't own. He's scared. This. <laughs> own this. the monster you made. <laughs> hey, hey, they worked really hard on some stuff. Yeah. Um, not all of it. Yeah, there's some good stuff he should own. Is the thing. Like, there's some good songs in there that yeah. are good. The set yeah. design looks really cool. Yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not. Te- he doesn't consider it a sequel, but like Prequel. in the canon of it, technically, it's a sequel. Yeah. So like, so yeah, I mean, the canon is important. Like canon and lore. Like, I'm someone who spent a lot of his life on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> not as much anymore, but. I love Wikipedia. Somebody please sponsor us. <laughs> Wikipedia, the free site, please sponsor us. Or let yeah. me edit some pages and stuff. Let uh, me. <laughs> I need to edit some of these. Uh, which is the Star Wars Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. But um, there's <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is because there's a section that's canon and a section that's legends. And like the legend stuff is important, but it's not technically canon. I just think canon is very uh, important, important mm-hmm. about telling like, oh, you're really so. This is what happens. To the Phantom, because that is important to like mm-hmm. a general like fan of a franchise. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay, so he goes to Coney Island, and then like, <laughs> ALW's like, uh, yeah, sure. And he like, says, so he Ish? does go there, right? He does go there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so it is canon. Yeah. Well, technically, okay, if it makes it, uh, that's what I've heard. What I've heard is if it makes it on, uh, either in the script or on screen or on the stage, it is canon. So if it okay. makes its way physically in front of an audience, whether that's just in previews or on actual whatever, like it technically turns into canon. Is this like way. a Schrodinger's cat situation where like Andrew Lloyd Webber considers it non-canon until it's like performed and then he considers it canon? Well, I don't know. Like I, you, I don't really understand how canon works exactly other than in my mind, if it happens on stage, then it happens. Yeah, he does love cats though. He loves his Love cats. his cats. As much as, almost as much Rum as T.S. Eliot. Schrodinger's Rum Tum Tucker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Schrodinger's Skimble Shanks. Schrodinger's Skimble Shanks. We fart with cavity. He is both on the railway and off it at the same time. Oh, it's the trolley problem. It is the trolley problem. It's the trolley problem of cats. cats. <laughs> oh, God. Those poor cats. Forgive me. I mean, God forgive me. <laughs> if you haven't seen the episode of Unbreakable Commissionment where they uh, go over the musical cats, just watch that. Wow. Watch that episode. It's just, good. Does it like, like they're a cult or something? Oh, no. It's just like it doesn't take any talent to join the cast. You just walk on stage. <laughs> and like that's how you become part of the cast of cats. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, do you, okay, so like I guess that's just some of Andrew Lloyd Webber's stuff, but like he definitely has musicals where you have to. I think you said this before to me, Tracy. Or, yeah, I think it was like Connery's birthday party or something, where it's like, oh, like there's a lot of musicals where he's he's done that. Like you have to be a dancer first and then a singer. Yes. Um. Well, that and that's cats. Uh, that's cats. Cats and cats uh, very much so. What's Moon- Starlight Express? Starlight Express. Starlight thank Express. you. Well, st- okay. No, for Starlight Express, you gotta be like athletic. You <laughs> yeah. gotta be like willing to put on these rollerblades and roll around. I watched this this behind not behind the scenes, but it like broke down the making of Starlight Express and like all the things the cast went through. They went through insane stuff. To like be able to do all the tricks and things that were required of them and act on top of that and sing on top of that. So those people deserve Oscars or Tonys or whatever we give <laughs> yeah. them in this version of life. Like we life need to insurance. give them whatever o- Olympic they, yes, medals. <laughs> yes. Whatever they deserve, you know, in, in regards to uh gold medals and such. Please, please make sure they get that because that's just 
purple hearts. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. Spider-Man, turn off the dark. Thank you for your service. We salute you, all of you. All of them. A moment of silence for all the fallen Spider-Man. To all Spider-Men and Spider-Women. <laughs> to paraphrase Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah, to paraphrase. <laughs> what was it? And goodwill to men and women. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're at the Batman episodes now, Tracy. Yeah. Oh, I am. Yes, yeah. we're on the second one. Okay. Oh yeah, so you'll, you'll hear us talk about that. <laughs> oh, uh, this is so self-indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> boy, 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 boy. <laughs> um. God. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> Do you ever have like sudden like microseconds where like I hate myself so much? Yes. <laughs> uh anyways <laughs> you think Andrew Lloyd Webber's ever like that uh so <laughs> he watched the show yes. and I think he had two 100%. and a half hours of it yeah you're not Andrew Lloyd Webber no <laughs> nor do I pr- like assume that you know what's in his head um uh, like do you have an idea of like why this is a thing like why Love <laughs> yeah, Never okay, Dies okay, exists well, yes okay like okay. what's the well, impetus like, for this existing like, okay so think about it so think about it so like Andrew Lloyd Webber is someone who you know, writes these incredible musicals, but and while everything is a success, I think Phantom is near and dear to his heart because he is the Phantom. Yeah, and I think he just wanted to see the characters again. I think he mm. wanted to see them on stage. I think he wanted to take them somewhere. I think at the beginning it was from a deep desire of like wanting to see them, and then it turned to a cash grab, and then his cat deleted all the music. <laughs> so it just it really like. You know, it really, I think it started out with the purest of intentions. And then as it started rolling down this hill of this is an awful idea, he just didn't stop it or want to. Yeah. Um, or and, and I think he just, it's one of those things where it's like a train wreck that's just going to happen and yeah. you're just going to let it. It's like uh, what The Phantom Menace felt like when it came yes, out. Yes, exactly. Yes. Well, very much so. A movie I love. <laughs> Yes, it's a great it. well here's the thing okay musical theater people love this show oh okay there you it's go. a trash it's absolute trash fire but yeah. like people enjoy it because of all the love that's gone into it yeah and all the hate mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot to build off of is the point the fact yes. that it's a, a musical sequel and musicals never get sequels yeah like that's no, why this we is... don't do that here yeah. <laughs> we don't do that here like i think like what funny girl and funny lady like that's like the musical sequel but funny lady's not even a musical like on broadway right no it's just, it a, movie. just a show yeah it was just a movie um which mm. yeah it's nowhere near as good as funny girl no it still has good moments but yeah but it's, it's nowhere near as good like yeah. the the most daring we get as musical theater people is that we cut shows in half. So yeah. like Cursed Child, Harry Potter, you have to go see it two times because there's two separate days. But yeah. we certainly do not do sequels. The story is there. The story is done. If you want to see more, you just come back and buy another ticket. Yeah. And nine, a lot of us do. They've so. condensed it into <laughs> one show now, though. Just one day. They mm-hmm. never did the Lion King two and a half musical. No, I wish they should on, have. Based that on the straight movie. to video. I love Lion King <laughs> one and a half so it much. It is such it's a so good. Cute. Sh- it's such a good movie. Dig a ton of dig dig a ton dig a ton of dig dig a ton dig a ton of dig dig a ton. What was that? Quick before the hyena come. Wow. So this is really good. Like, this is when I'm good at, like, making references to things that I've never seen. And it's, like, a, an anomaly when people know what it is oh, and then, like, yes. know way more than I do. I'm like, that, this all worked out really well for me that I made that reference. I'm really good. glad. It's so good. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, please do. 
They try to make Timon straight, though, which is off-putting. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I'm super straight. <laughs> he has like a love interest that's a woman in. It You're doesn't like, no, make any not. sense. Come on. Nothing. You feel like it's Nathan Lane. You know, it'd be... <laughs> It'd be fun, at least, if the dynamic was like she's a giant caterpillar and he's like trying to not eat her. That'd be fun. But or like, something. he like but has like, to learn to like the caterpillar from Bug's Life. It doesn't make any sense because it's Timon and Pumbaa. Like they are the couple. Yeah. There is no need for more. Yeah, they yeah. are themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's his name <laughs> like, from uh from Bug's Life? I love Bug's Life. Flick. No, the, the <laughs> oh the caterpillar. Oh, uh, it's a German. It's like Kirby or something. No, what fully is it? Loaded. Yeah, he's fully uh, loaded. That's gonna he's drive me crazy. Starts with an H though. You're right yeah. about that. Hubert? No. Horus? No. Hervé? <laughs> Harvey? No. Dang it. Should I Google it? Let's look it no, up. We'll come back to it. <laughs> we got. We have a lot to talk about this musical. Yeah. So. We do. We haven't even started. We're like barely yeah. scratching the surface. Okay. Look so. Look, I'm jiggling. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs Life fucking rips, and it needs it's a sequel. so good. If you like ants or Bug Life s- more? Bugs Life is so much better. <laughs> Despite Ants being my favorite Woody Allen film, Bugs Life is way much is way better. Um, okay, Connery. Overall, okay. Oh, I've been talking to Tracy directly a lot. Uh, I know you have. Overall thoughts on Love Never Dies, Connery. What's what's your thoughts on this movie? It's not good. <laughs> I remember being so hyped when it was first coming out. I remember I was so jazzed about it, and I was I saw like the the paraphernalia. I was like, oh my god! Like I remember the old poster, which was like Love Never Dies, and like the opaque like Christine's half Christine's face, like half yes. shroud and shroud. What made you so jazzed? Was it like a lot of nostalgia, or it was, it was nostalgia? I was so excited. I was like, because mu- like musicals don't get sequels. I was like, this no. is so interesting. Like this is really cool. It was really big. Like when it was coming out, everybody was excited about yeah. it, and I was hyped. So like everybody's still alive. So I'm like, we can like really like maybe go somewhere and my mind went to a very like grim gothic romance place with the plot and as it's like the plot revealed to me over time through like the music when they released a soundtrack i listened to it and i was Mm -hmm. like oh yeah had it in the car i had this moment where i was like oh no this is bad. <laughs> like I listened to the the first song, which Ramin Kamalu did the originated on Broadway, right? Ramin, yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was him and and Sierra uh, Bogus. Sierra Bogus, yeah, 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 yeah. And he sings the opening number. Um, the, the let hope pass, let dreams pass, let them die. Oh, till I hear you sing. Um, so he's a revelation singing that. You got, you thought the guy we saw today. Ramin just rips his oh, yeah. vocal so, cords out so and incredible. Like yeah. it's he's a, a god of like, of like musical. Not theater. against the actor though; he was great. No, he did great. I'm just saying, like, you, yeah, you just, you just can't really top the man. Like he's he's phenomenal. He's invincible. Like mm-hmm. the dude's crazy, and he did great. And Sierra Box is a godsend as well. Like they have such great chemistry together. I think that's what really helps. So they had they had a strong like cast to like mm-hmm. do like the very beginning like soundtrack especially in like the opening on broadway yeah and i never i don't think i saw either like honestly i don't think i saw sierra or ramin on the big broadway but did you see this guy ben lewis i don't think so like honestly, i honestly don't yeah. remember who played the phantom because he, he i feel like he is good in this for someone who doesn't know anything about musicals i thought he was good <laughs> yeah he was good like you know he, he sings he, he nails all the notes he does he does his job mm-hmm. just fine yeah but by the way the caterpillar's name is heimlich Heimlich, thank you. Okay, yeah. I need to with an H. <laughs> Wait, uh, there's a musical about P.T. Barnum. Would you watch a musical about P.T. Flea? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's not a question. The answer is, is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would so watch that. 
But I love Pee Wee Flea. I love Bugs Life. <laughs> I love Bugs Life. It's cinematically beautiful for it's such an old from CG film. now on. Let me start singing from now on. Please oh, okay. do. PT please, Barnum. please. Con- PT Flea. I love that. But okay. yeah, I, sorry. I, go I, on. I ultimately, I just was pretty surprised by like the directions the story took and. It just really wasn't my cup of tea. I, I tend to do this thing where I build up the narrative in my mind before I see it. And then I get disappointed when, like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. So that's maybe a me problem more so than the show's actual problem, which I understand. But uh, The show has plenty of problems still, though. It, it does, though. <laughs> like, it's just it's just a really weird direction. I'm so off-put. I, I have a saying where I'm like, shows or movies go to the carnival when they want to die or end. Like really, that's that's one of my hard feelings. Yeah, like I feel like most TV shows or movies go to the carnival, and I always feel like they're bad. It's like consistently every <laughs> single time. I'm always like, they went to the circus. I don't like it. Yeah, I feel like uh, American Horror Story that season. Yeah. Like people don't like that much. That's bad. Um, uh, Batman Forever fucking rules. So Batman don't talk about rules, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's just Dick Grayson's origin story. Yeah. Like, when the, the whole plot revolves around the circus. I mean. Then I'm like, especially of a TV show. I remember Heroes in particular, their whole plot in like the fourth like season, like revival of it. I'm talking about Heroes, a show that was like years and years old. Loved it as a kid though. But they went to the circus and I was like, this sucks. And that's kind of why I coined it in my head where I was like, shows and movies go to the circus when they want to die. And when as soon as I found out that Family Opera kind of took place in Coney Island, I was like, I immediately turned off by this. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like if they focused on more on Coney Island stuff and like the circus and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there's plenty of songs that revolve around it, and I honestly can't... just like his three weirdos. Yeah, I honestly can't remember any of the songs from this movie that I just watched two hours ago. Uh, if <laughs> oh no, none of them ago. are memorable. Yeah, but just and that's like... and that's the thing is like this is so different from all other Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, even the other bad ones. Yeah, because this is the one that you don't remember anything you don't remember the music you don't walk out singing the tunes so it's, much of it is exposition and just exposition. talking and just mm-hmm. information it's almost like singing. retconning through music yes mm-hmm. it's exactly that which is really tedious and annoying and it's not catchy yeah no and it's it's okay so like in musicals the whole point of like singing is to express emotion mm-hmm. and it's not to do exposition like you can use it as that but the primary reason for the music is to express your emotions and your feelings which is why phantom is such a success because that's all they're doing is they're just singing about how they feel how they feel how they feel Mm -hmm. and love never dies they're singing i'm gonna walk over here and i'm gonna tell you this thing and we're gonna do this thing and i'm gonna attack you you know like like, you know i don't know like whatever they do honestly i can't remember it either and it was two hours ago but it's (laughs) it was one of those things where it's like the the music itself is not used for its purpose which is partially why you don't remember it i'm looking out the window right now and it's truly dark and it's making me think of a night beneath a moonless sky yes and by the way we are recording under a moonless sky yes uh it's actually like a full moon outside right oh now, really but, it's yeah. too dark to see a thing too dark to even so try. if you're the phantom and christine and you're in a woods somewhere go at it three times <laughs> sing about it <laughs> Don't like it. Don't like a lot of stuff that happens in this. <laughs> they talk about don't it. like it. It's weird. It's really weird. The retconning's weird. The fact that Christine goes back to him, I don't understand at all. I'm this like, is definitely like the rise of Skywalker to the Phantom of the Opera. Exactly. Oh, it's <laughs> very. It's, okay, in so the musical stuff. theater world, it, that is a beautiful equivalent of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like people were up in arms. People were upset. People were not happy. Um, and also, people loved it with yeah. a weird passion. I just. 
what okay so i know you guys have like very little memory of like the songs that happened in this Mm -hmm. but do you have like a favorite moment that we can at least like pull off of this like dumpster fire uh everyone's looking at me (laughs) we want Um, you to go first yeah i mean i I can go first for sure uh the song i don't remember what's called i don't know how it goes or anything but when there are all the people in like the quote-unquote jars which are reflections of like mirrors the beauty underneath yeah, and it's just like, okay, I didn't even put together. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is called, it is I called The Beauty like Underneath. So oh, I'm sure this is a metaphor for, like, the, the Phantom and his use of mirrors mm-hmm. and, like, being a pervert with mirrors and stuff like that. <laughs> but, like, uh, all the people in the mirrors, like, they're all, like, in, like, the quote-unquote, like, freak show for, like, yeah. the 19, early 1900s uh, parlance for that. Mm-hmm. Um and all the people in the in the mirrors, they're kind of like in jars, like on display and everything. I thought that was like visually evocative. And they all and look really cool. Yeah, they all do look really cool. And it also reminded me of Alien Resurrection, which that scene in that movie <laughs> fucking rips. So I need to stop saying fucking rips in this episode. <laughs> but Bugs Life does rip. Uh, Alien Resurrection, the movie does not rip, but that scene in Alien Resurrection does rip. Have you seen that movie, Connery? I actually haven't. Okay, I'm I can't wait. I can't wait to, like... to cover those. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really waiting excited. Like, a lot, lot, a lot of times, like, if it's like a sequel movie and I haven't seen it, I'm waiting to cover it on this show. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, but uh, there's a scene Keep in that fresh. basically where there's like a bunch of versions of aliens that are like, you know, different versions of it that Ooh. are like not fully formed, like different it's, like, species. It's really creepy. Uh, not quite. It's just like failed experiments, basically. Oh, cool. Um, and it made me think about this, and like every character is very different. Just like I don't know, there's something that does appeal to me a lot about like circuses and. And like with like Nightmare Alley that came out a couple years ago, like oh, I right. really like that movie. See, that's what I was edgy about, but I actually like Nightmare Alley a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just um, I don't know. Have you seen that one, Tracy? I haven't. Oh, that's why I was silent. That's a good one. There's just <laughs> yeah. There's put on the list. Mm-hmm. There's something just very fascinating to me about that whole thing. I mean, it's like I mean, I've I've always loved Elephant Man. That was probably like what got me into David Lynch movies. Mm-hmm. It's like probably his le- least like surrealist movie like yeah. there are surrealist elements but that's like one of his most like narratively coherent films <laughs> but just having that appeal to like someone who like people see as a monster and stuff like that but is actually like just a very kind person he's a human being um just all those subgenres about so the circus good. and everything really uh interest me so i don't know i guess that's what stood out to me and uh just the set design in general like the uh what's the song about like being on the beach and stuff bathing beauty on yeah. the beach that one bathing <laughs> beauty, watch her go like even that song and like that five good. costume changes because yeah why yeah. not the costumes are good yeah. the set design's good yeah. it's just like the lyrics like because it's not the same lyricist from phantom of the opera right no, no. and there's like three or four different lyricists in just okay. this just the show yeah I like that. I, again, every single time I said it while we're watching the movie, and I'll say it on the podcast. I love the image of the Phantom of the Opera right, in his like dank, deep, dark, dank like opera like studio, just penning out "Bathing Beauty on the Beach." <laughs> dots, 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 and then she does a costume change one last time, and yeah. fuck yeah, that rips. I, yeah. <laughs> I love the perspective of this both being like his like hacky job he has after losing his dream job because yeah. he got too emotional about stuff. 
He's like, oh, I really went too far. Like, I'm not canceled. Like, they got me yeah. out of there. But like, I definitely. It's like it's like Tar, the movie Tar. <laughs> you both need to see Tar. Yeah, I watched yeah, Tar. It's so good. But um, it's. <laughs> It's just like, oh, like, you know, like, I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing this hacky job now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I like that a lot about it. What's the movie with Matthew McConaughey when he's, like, on the boat and it's a video game? (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. I don't even remember. I know what you're talking about. I have to come back to it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why Tar made me think of that for some reason. Uh, Me neither. (laughs) I don't know why you thought of that either. Well, I think Tar is the name of the robot in Interstellar, which also stars Matthew McConaughey. That there might you be go. why. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the connection. Maybe. Boop. <sighs> so that that's your thing, Tyler. You were like, those are the ones you you thought really you could pull from it that you liked. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I like the starting positive. Uh, yeah. Tracy, what do you like about this? Oh, there is one shot and one shot only that oh. is on my brain. When Gustav runs in and hugs his mother while the Phantom and Christine have just passionately been singing at each other loudly at the top of their lungs. No, no, no. There is. It pans from Gustav to show the Phantom in the corner. And he just has this look on his face of just like utter shock. But it's the the most over the top shock it is rooted not in reality. It is just somebody told that guy to look shocked and yeah. he just decided he was going to make the most over the top shocked look faced. And it's just like on his face for like a solid 30 seconds. And it's so good. It's so good. And it like we sh- as the audience, we shouldn't be that close to his face. And yeah. yet I'm all without it. Is is that the he's just ten years um, old? No, 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 no. This is like before then. This is uh, before he even knows anything. Oh, he's this is like at like, the uh. beginning. No, yeah, this is at the beginning. And no, that's that's the face. They're like, oh, yeah. face. It's like disgust or something. Yeah. Like, he's like, it's surprised. It's like, ew, you have a kid? What? Yeah, exactly. Like that's the look on his face. But they just like show it for an excruciating amount of time, yeah, and it is great. It's so good. But that's, I mean, there's a lot of things about this show that I really visually enjoy. But that. Prime time. Any songs that you like, Tracy? Um, Peacock Dress Song is amazing. Love Never can't, Dies. That one. The title song. I was going to say, can't remember the name of it. but it's the, <laughs> I would hope that the title song is any good. <laughs> yeah, right. It is. Um, you know. I mean, who doesn't want to stand on the stage in a peacock dress and just sing? Um, so, yeah. No, that's it's beautiful. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Any other songs? I don't know. It's hard because none of the songs are really catchy. So, I don't really remember them even though yeah, i did listen I to the soundtrack as a kid oh so, so yeah yeah here's here's a good point or a good time for me to ask this question like so angel Lloyd weber is the composer for the music yes mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. not writing the lyrics but he's like still directing yeah so play. he he like how does that work in the musical world because i don't really know yeah um i don't know if you want to take it or no, go for it tracy okay so basically he's the composer for the show so he is writing the music that tells the story but especially in a story that's an Andrew Lloyd Webber story it's all music it's like just song 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 kind of like you know Les Mis and all that other stuff it's just like a ton of music so in his writing of the music he's also responsible for the story yeah like he's also responsible for where it goes so he's mm. also responsible for the 
the book in quotes like okay. he hires somebody to write a script for him of telling him where he wants the music to kind of go it's like a story by credit. yeah it's like yeah. a storyboard it's like he, he has somebody write him a storyboard and then he writes the music and he has somebody help him write the lyrics to kind of make that storyboard come to life yeah, and then the director is basically doing blocking and the director is doing blocking yeah. they're not coming up with the content but he is as the creator in quotes. But he has a lot of help. Like he's got, you know, his. He's his, an old guy, even, even yeah. In, even and, and he has a lot of help. He had a ton of lyricists. He had a ton of help with the book. He had like a writer, and then he didn't like what the writer did, so they tried to change it a bunch of times. So you know, it's it's not like he's doing it by himself. He very much has a team, but he is the ultimate say on where everything goes because he's the composer for it. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a show this heavy with music, that person has the most power. The composer is not here. And if he were, I would say to him. What is this? That's what Carlotta says in one of the in Phantom of the Opera. Thank you. Here's the thing. This show <laughs> would have been so much better if Carlotta had been there. If Carlotta had do? been, I don't know, but just stick her on stage. I'll be happy. Yeah, if you're going to have like, everybody else go to Coney Island, why not just why not have Carlotta? every single person exactly. go to Coney Island? See, my idea for it was that we stay in Paris. Ten years still go by. The Phantom escapes, but he follows Christine and Raul basically to like their manor. Like a stalker. Like a stalker. Like, like as he, he totally would. Like he is. It's within his character. Mm. And he just gets worse. He doesn't get better. He just oh. gets more fucked up. Like the fact that Christine kisses, kissed him gives him more like a very like. Like he even goes farther down the rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, he'll go farther down the rabbit hole oh, of obsession. Oh, I like that. And he follows them home. He sets up his own kind of mini base and literally lives like a phantom in the walls of their manor. So he's like and a parasite. He's like a parasite basically. But like slowly but surely he like starts to reach out to the kid. Like he's teaching the kid <gasps> like the dark of the oh, night. Oh, that's so good. And then the, the act break is he takes the kid. Oh. So he like kidnaps them. He kidnaps the kid, but the, when the kid's like five years old, and like years pass. Okay. And then they and then Christine and Roll end up finding him again. And the kid has to basically choose between the Phantom, this father figure who basically kind of like stole compa- him and raised stole him. him and raised him. Oh, this is so and then good. Christine and Roll, like his real parents who like love him and been tortured by this ghost, this literal specter that's still haunting them. Oh, I want to watch yeah. that show. Yeah, it's thank you. Kind of what this is like, weakly attempting. Yeah, but it's, it's like the anti-Jesus. Yeah. I. No, I tr- it tried something. I don't yeah. know if it even tried to get close to that, but it, it tried something. This thing is Phantom Wins. Like, that's what this is. Well, this is just like, yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber just really wanted to win. Mm-hmm. He just needed a little win for himself. This one's, this one's for the boys. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> he it, He's already full of regret. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, he... Connery laughs with regret. He... <laughs> Lots of regret. Lots of regret. Um, You know, I just, yeah, it's one of those shows where it's just very self indulgent. And uh, he just wrote his own fan fiction. Yeah. And had a lot of money to produce it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, okay. So I I guess I have two points to make. Basically, like, from an outs, like a movie perspective, like a movie person perspective, it feels very much like, like my equation to somebody in the movie world for Andrew Lloyd Webber is like Hans Zimmer, where he has like yeah. a lot of like he mm-hmm. he's like a huge name, mm-hmm. but he has people who like work under him that like compose a lot of the music, mm-hmm. and like maybe he'll do a theme or two, and then he's like, oh yeah, you do the rest of the score. But it does seem like it's is more personal for Andrew Lloyd Webber it's than that. Personal. Like, oh, yeah. he's a huge name, but he still has like, especially for like the Phantom of the Opera, it just seems like really like the thing that he really is connected to emotionally and romantically mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and yeah it does feel like he's like i need to make something where i feel like i won yeah or something mm-hmm. despite his divorce and everything like i don't know if that's 
true or not just kind of following this this narrative based off of the first movie or the first musical too it really feels that way because that's was his impetus for making that too kind of yeah uh Mm -hmm. in in some ways but you say a lot of musicals don't have sequels Mm -hmm. i would like the approach to this musical a lot more if it was even more Mm self-indulgent where he's at a point in his life when this musical comes out where he's done a lot of major work oh yeah he still has musicals after this that are that are good Mm -hmm. um but a lot of his major work is from like the 80s and yes. mm-hmm. like even before that like Technicolor Dreamcoats like like late 60s and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um he's just made like a lot of his huge hits. Like he's already made his name by this point basically. Yeah, he's he, he's one of the gods of musical theater. Oh he yeah. is. He's Very like much at, so. Yeah, he's like at the age now like 2010 or whatever where it's like he's earned it and like he's mm-hmm. yeah, he's a name. Mm-hmm. And it's like I would have liked this a lot more if it was completely self-indulgent and like kind of making references to all of his other musicals that he's done throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Like if you're going to have this as a template, which is just some like coming like garbage plate thing of like, <laughs> oh, here's the Phantom, <laughs> I don't know, like on Coney Island or whatever. It's like it can't live on its own. It has to have other things tied into it. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like there was like a little kid in like a cat costume in this and <laughs> the stage play. And I'm like, oh, is that like a reference to cats? That's just me reaching for anything. Yeah. But <laughs> like, like something to be mean. So you want like yeah. – Angel Edward presents the multiverse of madness. Uh, not so much that, but like more so like Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, which is something that stands on its own, but also has a bunch of references and homages to his like in Other all world. of his works. Okay, okay, I hear from, that. Like throughout his career, mm-hmm. like I feel like this should have been something like, uh, <laughs> you know, hubris generally is not a good thing, but like if you're going <laughs> to do go back and do something that's really rare in musical theater of making a sequel. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you could justify that being it's Phantom of the Opera. It's like one of the most successful ones of all time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it should be like the most hubristic thing of all time. Without it being about him, it's just like, here's... I mean, it's about him like about like on, on the stage, but like not about his personal life. You yeah. Know? But just like having all these things like celebrating Andrew Lloyd Webber in general. Like that's mm-hmm. that would be my pitch for this. I feel like the most that it self-referential it gets is when it does like music and like themes from the Phantom of the Opera, the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah. They have like Twisted Every Way plays and yeah. they have uh, there's one more that they do. Right. Yeah. yeah they do a couple. They of do them. Christine. Christine. Yeah. I just think it needs to be like more beyond phantom about him because otherwise it just feels yeah. at least to me like oh yeah. they're just doing this because they're lazy and like also those songs are so good and these aren't are not good like you want like a massive cross in the distance yeah. somewhere or like maybe like the roller coaster has like a big cross on it somewhere yeah. and that, yeah. could, that can literally kind of be fully encompassed you could definitely Jesus Christ superstar mm-hmm. and uh god's god spell and yeah maybe there's someone's right technicolor dream coat but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I agree. I I wish he had taken more risks with this. Yeah, that's I think. what I mean. It's like, yeah, it, it feels like, because yeah. at this that's point, I mean, thing. it's not like he could, like, he's he's got, you know, it's not like his reputation is staked on this. Like, no, no matter what yeah. he does, he's not. It just not, feels really uninspired. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't, it doesn't feel, and I feel at the beginning, maybe it was inspired, and then it just, as it, it kind of rolled down the hill, maybe it got less inspired. Because yeah. the first draft, um, it supposedly was really good and it had new characters and it told a new story mm. and it really had more of a more of a grounding and then somebody said well but none of, none of the characters from the original are there you'll you can't market this like as a phantom thing because they the characters that they know and love aren't there so mm. then they rewrote it and all the characters that were there they just like changed the names to be the original characters <sighs> from phantom which is why a lot of it doesn't make sense about why the characters are doing what they're doing because they weren't originally those characters yeah. they were new characters that were 
like written for this show. Yeah, because like to be new. I'm like I'd follow the Phantom. Like Christina yeah, will have their mm-hmm. happy ending. Exactly, like, and it, it should it should have been a new story. But it's like Quasimodo two or Hunchback of Notre Dame two. Ah, oh, those are good though. <laughs> those are good. Though. <laughs> those are good. It's like Ra- Raul's like Raul's like a totally different character in this. Yeah, he's oh, a yes. completely different person. Which I don't totally mind because it's like yes, yeah, so that happens to people sometimes. It's mm-hmm. like oh. It was all happily ever after until suddenly he got a gambling addiction. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, oh, it turned turned out not so good. It's so like I kind of like that in some ways, but it still feels like they're just changing everything mm-hmm. so hard yeah. that it doesn't even fit into like the world that you know from the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Yes. So just... Which, I mean, the problem... The, okay, here's the thing about musical theater is musical theater is notorious for keeping things secret until you're in the seat. So mm-hmm. like... A lot of the times, like, there'll be twists, there'll be turns, there'll be songs that they haven't released. There's all kinds of stuff that musical theater does in order to get your butt in the seat. So that way, it's a surprise when it happens. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. I wasn't expecting this. And the problem is, like, with this one, the twist is that you're coming to a good show because Phantom of the Opera is amazing. So, like, the twist is that Phantom of the Opera is amazing, so therefore this must be. And you can't get a refund once your butt's in the seat because you're, like, kind of committed to sitting there and enjoying the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is different because we watched the film version of it and we we paused it. We walked out. We came back. We felt, you know, how, how we felt. But when you're a paying audience member, like you can't do that. You have to sit there and stay there the whole time. And, and let it happen to you. And let it happen, <laughs> whether it's good or not. This is like pretty short, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's two hours. Musical. Like it should generally yeah. be like at least three hours, right? Two and a half to three hours is yeah. very normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the length. I feel like most things, if it's over three hours, then it's a little bit a lot. But Yeah, but it depends on what it is. Because if it's good, I'll keep watching. <laughs> I don't that's, care. That's how I feel, too. I remember when I saw <laughs> when I saw All the Way, I was like, I remember it was like, it's, it's like a three-hour play. And then, mm-hmm. like, after the second act ended and he's like, president, I was like, Linda B. Johnson. It follows Chronicles that tale that oh, Linda B. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Brian Cranston played him on Broadway. And I saw, mm-hmm. lucky enough to see that from like these like uh. nosebleed ass seats. But, but still you were there. Yeah, my, my legs were like cramped in the seat and I was like, I was just fully engaged the entire time. I thought it was so good. And he did such a good job. And I remember the ending where his presidency starts and I was like, I was like hell yeah, act three, let's fucking go. And then the, the show ends and I was like, oh man, like I was so ready. I was gonna like mm-hmm. go yeah. for another like hour at least. And Grayson was like, Oh my god, I'm so glad this is over. <laughs> it's like Return of the King uh, extended edition for me. That's like four hours and 20 minutes. I'm like, Dan, that was good. I wish it was an hour longer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so long, but I just still want more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave that world. Yeah, right. It's exactly. like the best form of media. Sexy mm-hmm. in. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite thing in this show? Oh. Tracy, you're saying like, several times throughout us watching it you're like mm-hmm. oh i really wish this wasn't like a close-up of this person yeah. oh yes that's good yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, actually that's really good um the kind of the i guess you're talking about the difference between watching a show and filming it for an audience because the thing was like when a show is created for theater it's not meant to be filmed like that's not the point it's right. like it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. You're performing for the back seats. Yeah, at yes. least I, mm-hmm. I mean that's something I know at least. Yeah, that, <laughs> yes. everyone's expressions are for so big. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you don't want to close. That's like that's like basic cinematic like language where it's just like if someone's going to perform like that, you don't want a close up because mm-hmm. that should be a wide shot. Yes, because that's how theater is anyways. Yeah. And also, you're not going to ask those theater actors to perform like they're in a movie. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's inherently mm-hmm. not going to work either way. So you need to work for the format of it being a theatrical musical mm-hmm. or like a 
uh, you know, like on stage musical as opposed to two actors in a room talking to each other in you know, a movie. You know? you know what I feel it's does it right? Different. Like filming like a musical like set. Say Shrek the musical. I'm gonna be no so cats. Oh yeah, no cats is great. Cats, cats does, does an it. Excellent job. Cats does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like I think they do an exceptional job of like literally they almost just like sit you in an audience chair and they're just like oh, yeah. go. Yeah. And and here's the thing is like that's what me as a musical theater person watching this wants to see. Like I don't want a close up of your face. Yeah. I want to see the whole stage. I want to see the design. I want like a cropped up view. Like I don't want to be in the nosebleeds. I want to be in the orchestra. But mm. I don't want your face to be like my my screen. I want to see what the technical director did. I want to see the lighting design. I yeah. want to see the set. Like like yeah. that's the whole experience of the show is mm. everything. Yeah, like Tracy kept like, oh, they're doing a lot of Dutch angles in this. They were. They did a lot of. <laughs> Dutch and I honestly like I felt really proud that I knew that term. Um, that's why I used it a lot. I was like Dutch angles, ooh, fancy. Um, but it's... You, you, you miss a lot of stuff though. It being at that up mm-hmm. close, you want to see more of the stuff going on. So like there's a there's a show on uh, on Amazon Prime called Making the Cut, which mm. is like the quote unquote follow up to uh, Project Runway, just because it has uh, Tim Gunn and uh, Heidi Klum as nice. the host. Basically, I think like they bought out you know Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum from. Project, uh, Runway. Project Runway. So yes. they're the host on so it. So I'll be watching this show tomorrow. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be you watching this good. tomorrow. Um, I will say, so like my point being the first season, the way they shot all the runways, mm-hmm. it was way too close up. And I'm like, I want to see the, the fashion. Yeah. I want to yeah. see the outfits and everything. And it's too close up. And it's just like being stylish camera stuff. It's like, I can't even see it. And I was like, mm-hmm. so... Like, I would, like, get really upset about it. I'm like, Lily's just like, geez, like, why are you getting so... I'm like, I can't see it! No, that's then, literally... That's, that's it. It's like, what, yeah. why am I watching this show if I can't see the outfits, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second and third season, they totally shot it a different way. Oh. Um, shaped up. I, did, I did not write a... I fi- uh, did not write a letter, <laughs> letter. to them. But I'm really angry and furious. I but, can't um, see the dresses! But it's just, like, there's... a time and place for proper like camera work and everything mm-hmm. where it's just like you need to put your the project before yourself and it being flashy and everything like mm-hmm. you don't need to draw in a bigger audience that like looks like oh that's kind of like visually stimulating and stuff like that you just need to show first and foremost you need to show like the other the creator's work yes and mm-hmm. then go between like the shots and stuff like that like, yes and and there were just too very, many close-ups yeah there were very few yeah. establishing shots i quote yeah, unquote. like right. there were very few things of like this is the stage but when they did i was like oh yeah. that's amazing yeah. the stage and like design yeah. and everything is really cool mm-hmm. for the most part and it's like whenever that happened it was for a couple seconds i'm like oh that's so cool and then they would like zoom in again yeah so. but you have to think like as an audience member you would get to see that the whole time like yeah. that would be the experience and it's like i would rather see that and see the whole vision and and maybe that would change how i feel about the way that it's you know maybe the way it was directed could save you know how i feel about it a little Mm -hmm. bit maybe the director did something cool and we just can't see it because of the shot and the angle that we're doing like even at the end um when uh meg does the big thing i don't know do we do spoilers yeah we do spoilers okay yeah so when she kills christine at the end Mm -hmm. big spoiler um you didn't even get to see her die. Right. Like you it's literally, a bad angle, like yeah. the, for sure. they just they shot it in order to see Meg's face, and I get yeah. why they did that. But like, I wanted the visual of the whole bridge. I wanted the drama of everyone freaking out. Yeah. Like, Dude, if you're gonna you be know. that close and you like want to shoot it like quote unquote like cinematically, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the right shot to do. And yeah. yeah. Cut and the edit and everything. And it's like they obviously didn't have the shot. Otherwise, they would have cut to it. It's like yeah. common sense. Stuff, well, so it's it's hard I because know. I think I think with this they might have had 
theater people telling film people what to do and film people making decisions that impacted the design of what the actual film would yeah. look like without knowing what theater is, if that makes yeah. sense. That makes so sense. it's like the all of it got flip flopped mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it just there was uh, communication errors between the two mediums because I mean, it is a completely clearly. different medium. Yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of communication errors just in this <laughs> well, show in general. Yeah. <laughs> that that scene on the bridge, I I feel like there's some kind of like memory of like she doesn't do that by accident. Meg kills her on purpose. Oh, she absolutely does because he says like you're, you're not, we can't all be like, Christine. And then she's every says oh, Christine. Oh yeah, she, she like, feels bad him. after she kills her. Yeah, but like, she absolutely kills her on purpose. Yeah, like I feel like that scene though it looks like an accident. Where she's like collapsing into his arms, being like oh, and like the movie. Where I'm like. I feel like the soundtrack, at least the original one, is like she, like, it looks like she just full on, like, just shoots her. I think she just shoots her. And that makes sense because of her character. Which I like that, that more at, up, at that moment. You know? Like, I like her just, like, straight up shooting her and just being, being like, screw Christine. Like, I'm done with this. Yeah, and then like- immediately, like, regretting it, being like, oh, fuck, I killed my best friend. What, what am I doing? And, like, my psychosis. Yeah, she kind of just disappears, right? Yeah, like- she just runs. She just like hide. the Phantom, we're she gonna see Phantom Three, Meg Jiri's and maybe she rise. hides in the sewer. We just don't know. <laughs> we just never saw. They, bathing beauty <laughs> in the sewage. Oh, it should still just be like, yeah, the human element of her reaction to that. It, it, I don't know. It just all feels like just not really thought through. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just very like yes. first draft. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. It's first draft. It's always like it's brilliant, Andrew. But let's cut, print, take it. But it's not. Yeah, it's been rewritten so many times. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it feels like a first draft and it's been written that many times, it makes you feel like maybe we should just scrap the whole thing. Yeah, and just start over again. Mm -hmm. It's just like, uh, yeah, they should have. Like, in theory, I would like to see what happens after the Phantom of the Opera. Of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the thing about musical theater is we're always dreaming about that. Like, that's that's one thing as I think like a theater person is you're always dreaming about like what's next for these characters, what's happening to them. But like the fact that we never get to see it allows us this openness for possibilities. Yeah. So like anything could happen to them. What happened after Alexander Hamilton died? Uh, Eliza moved on is what happened. Eliza lived her life. Um, It's true. They literally tell you what happened. I know. They they stand there and they sing it to you. They sing it loudly and proudly. Eliza did a lot of good. What happens after Grisabella goes to the heavy side layer? Oh, that's what I would like to know. I'd like to know. After they shoot her up into the sky on that tire, Maybe what it's happens? Grisabella reborn. Does she become reborn? We yeah. don't know. They don't Super tell Saiyan us. Super Saiyan 2 Grisabella. <laughs> but it's like ah! the, the endless possibilities of what happens next in musicals is like part of the fun, I think. Yeah, especially since like, I don't know. I'm just really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad we're covering this movie because... Uh, like we all said, there's not a lot of sequels or not a lot of like musical franchises. Yeah, like, I'm literally out now. Huh? Like I'm I'm out of musical franchises. We'll oh, have yeah. to paste them together. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank, well, there's just thank it's Jesus oh. Christ, superstar. <laughs> Can you be all that you say you are? <laughs> there's Hamlet too. Hamlet too. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Fine, we we can do Hamlet too. I guess. Okay, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> we'll find we'll find a way we'll find something we'll find a way <laughs> let's just cover mom and me again those are so good all uh, right yes. i was talking about that tracy uh, when i walked back to her car being being like i need mom and Mia three yes just how much i missed you 
Yes. Like, I would be down for that. Yeah. We all, Mama Me is fire, y'all. It is. I'm I down. love a movie where everyone's like 15 years older. Yes. <laughs> love it. Even if the movie's not that good, I'm like, I You just like movies that. about aging. <laughs> I, yes, I do. And I also just like, I love seeing where those characters ended up. Even yeah. if, like, even if I don't totally like where they end up in the movie, I'm just like, well, that's where they ended up in the story, you know? Mm-hmm. At least, like, like, I think every once in a while, I'm like, would it be better if they just never made The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> and I'm just like, I yes. don't know. Like, I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, for the large part, yes. But I'm also, like, such a longtime Star Wars fan that I'm just like, I have to rationalize everything. So I almost like the challenge of, like, all the writers and everything. Like, I feel bad for them in a way. But, like, all the uh, expanded universe, like, writers and stuff of Star Wars being like, okay, how do we rationalize all of the weird shit that happened in that movie yeah. and make it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that as a challenge. Has anything happened? Has people done done things that takes place after Rise of Skywalker? No, not yet. Not after. But yeah. there's some stuff that's, like, slowly tying into, like, Palpatine and the Snokes oh, and stuff God. like that. All the weird shit. <laughs> And there's like time, there's a hyperspace traveling whales and stuff. It's like, I don't know what's happening anymore. It's Wikipedia stuff. I like fell off the Star Wars wagon a while ago. That's okay. And here's my thing is like, I'm a big fan, but I definitely fell off the wagon because I just couldn't keep up with all the content. There's There's a lot of content. content. It's like the Marvel stuff when they're releasing. Yeah, I also fell off the Marvel wagon. But you know what wagon I don't fall off? The Mm. musical theater wagon. Because I only have to watch one. Yes, I don't have to watch like 17 of them. I can just watch 17 versions of the same show that are all done by community theater productions. And that's... That's what I want. And you want to see Brett's interpretation of I do. um what what's what's a theater production of Scar? Scar? From Lion King. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even talk about your personal experience with this musical. Oh, my personal Aww. experience with this. I mean, I don't have much um my brother did audition for it way back in the day when it first came out and so my mom was a huge fan and we had the cd in the car and she would blast it and it's sad because uh even to this day i still don't know the music even though that cd was in my car yeah and we listened to it all the time um but it was you know it's one of those things where it's like that other than seeing it today and the uh massive amount of research i did on this before um that's all my that's all i know about it it's not it's not well known it's kind of buried i think for good reason i think with good with good reason it's a beautiful show in the sense of like the people in it are very hardworking. they clearly you know are talented the costume's great the set's Mm -hmm. great um but that is where it ends because yeah. the story is yeah. just trash. It's, <laughs> it's like a beautiful corpse. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of movies where it's like, oh, just there's something inherently flawed in it. There's still a lot of people working on it that mm-hmm. do a really great job and make oh, things yeah. look really good and they try their hardest. Like even the the uh actors and their performances in this I think are generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> compare compared to what they are given, you know? Yeah. They don't they're not able to do a lot either because they're kind of like their hands are they're oh their hands are absolutely yeah, tied hands yeah. are tied it's not like they can change things on the fly mm-hmm. yeah. they can't do that so. i mean some people do but that's like not professional so no, don't do bad. that it's in bad taste yeah Very it's, bad taste. it's gotta be tough and like you're like oh i'm finally gonna be on broadway and i'm gonna do an andrew Lloyd webber musical and i'm the lead i'm the phantom and it's just like okay like well, see, on the bright side, I'm sure it, it like catapulted, especially those people in that cast, mm-hmm. to like more musical theater jobs. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about this this musical theater, just in general, is it's never forever. 
Mm-hmm. You're on a show, like on Broadway, you're probably on the longest on it, maybe a year, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to your next project. So like if you're in, you know, the trash fire that is Phantom of the Opera sequel to um, <laughs> Love Never Dies. You get to do King Kong the get, musical. Yes, yeah. exactly. Or, yeah. Rocky the musical. <laughs> you know, you get to do something else. That's another, so, that's whether another or not musical that has issues. Spider-Man in the Dark. Spider-Man in the Dark has a lot of problems. Miss Saigon. Oh, so good. Saigon is a good one. I saw the I saw the revival on Broadway and it was really good. There was just a problem with the guy and the girl had no chemistry though. We saw the understudy. I just always want to listen to Leah Salonga. That's like the all I American want. The American Dream. I like that song. That's beautiful. Thank you. Chest and musical. <laughs> okay, that's good. Nothing you can say is revelation. <laughs> Chest the musical's fun. It is. I I told Tyler that one night in Bangkok's from that he didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. then I read more of the lyrics. I'm like, this is very eighties. It's, it's problematic. Oh, it's very <laughs> problematic. The, 80s the song is still a banger. One night in Bangkok takes a hard man humble. <laughs> the bars are temple, but the bars ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I feel like we've talked plenty about Love Never Dies. We have. Yes. I can feel the phantom walking next to me. <laughs> What's your what's do we all have pitches for uh Phantom of the Opera three? Oh, okay, let's do it. Okay, we have to base it off this off this one though. Yeah, Um, yeah. okay, so wait, so it has to be canon, it has to be canon. canon. Okay, 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 got it. Um, I'll think, can I think for a second? Yeah, yeah, sure. Mine, which I feel like I just already half formulated with Connery, yeah, was just a two and a half men scenario (laughs) where Raul and the Phantom have to raise Gustav together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh just a lot of hijinks happen, you know? <laughs> a lot of hijinks. Uh the phantom gets into tiger's blood or whatever. Great. Good. Oh yes. <laughs> That's about it. Uh do you have yours at Tracy? Um give me just another minute. Okay, I'll go you for choose. mine then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say mine is the Phantom takes Gustav and he teaches him <laughs> the subtle art of being a creep. Yes. God. Yeah. I think Rawl abandons his abandons him. He has no tie to Gustav whatsoever, other than oh, the fact that he raised him for ten years. That's so but sad. I think Rawl walks away from the kid. I think there's yeah. like one song in the opening. It literally opens like right where Love Never Dies ends. Okay. And like pan up from Christine's dead body. Yes, pan up from Christine's dead. Christine's Wouldn't it be dead funny body. if you were cast as Christine's dead body? And I think also in this one uh, to like really ham it up and make it Android Webertize it. Christine's ghost is in it, and she oh, sings yes. a lot. She, like there, she is a literal she phantom. She is Sierra Bogus running yeah. around the stage. Yes, and she literally she's in the mirror when the phantom looks into the mirror. And yes, he's oh, haunted yes. now, and now he is the haunted. one who's haunted by her and the oh. idea of being a father and like what that means. And oh, that's good. He can't really communicate with her, but. It's the fact that he's just haunted by her now instead of the other way around. So I like that. A new haunting. That's good. Thank you. Um, okay, let's see. What would mine be? So I I also love a good time jump. So mine would be, I think, 10 years in the future. Ooh. We're following Gustav, who's now like 20 years old. Yeah. He has had a traumatic experience in his life. His mother died in front of him. Uh-huh. His father wasn't his father. And the Phantom basically had like, a panic attack. War. Yeah. Well, he just, <laughs> I think basically what happened is Gustav. Oh, we forgot to mention that there's a, a segment. Uh... Oh, yeah. You have to tell, you have to tell like the Wait, other what? version of the Phantom with Rawl. Oh, Sorry, I totally interrupted you. We'll come back to um, Yes. Lost my train just, of thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's There's okay. It's okay. There's a version of this musical where Raul loses his wiener in a war or something, right? <laughs> yes. The Franco-Prussian yes. So basically, no they were trying to justify, yeah. like, how could the Phantom be the father of Gustav? And, um, 
one of the ways that they were going to try to do that was that saying that, you know, Raul had been in the war and that his stuff had been blown off by, uh, you know, artillery fire. Yeah. You know, artillery fire. Yeah. So he had like been in the war. And then when he came back, like everything was uh, mangled. Mangled. And so, but Christine didn't know until they were already like, you know, going to get married and stuff. And that's why she ran off to the Phantom. Mm. She's like, got to get some down and yeah. then she got gusto okay <laughs> all right sorry i totally interrupted your sequel no it's okay for this. i don't remember it was i think oh yes oh yes, yes. Gustav. Later, okay Gustav. Gustav. 10 years later basically what happened is his mom died his dad abandoned him and his father figure was basically gone um but gustav had to go to like a uh like an orphanage or whatever Ooh. because like nobody was there to raise him everybody kind of like and madame jerry didn't want anything to do with him no of course not so like he had to go to orphanage. He basically becomes the phantom of the orphanage where he's just like <laughs> like it's like super depressed, super angsty, writes a bunch of music. He ends up like finding a like maybe like a girl there like or maybe a guy. Annie. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. But then he like but he like it's they like become the his, in the like they become his muse and like yeah. he writes music for them Aww. and he tries to put on this big production, Aww. you know, and like you know, it's like uh, that's my oh, vision. It's, nice. it's like that whole, you know, his journey yeah. like as this repressed, depressed guy who like had all this traumatic stuff happen in Girlfriend Orphanage. Yeah, that is like the natural pr- progression <laughs> of these things. It's like, oh you have an extra- incredibly like uh problematic <laughs> father who caused you a lot of trauma mm-hmm. uh, yes. your mom died yes. and she was like a nice lady but she also had plenty of her own issues and <laughs> yes. like now you're in an orphanage and like you're trying to be a good kid a good person yes but there's like all everything stacked against you in a lot of yes. ways so. and then it's everyone around you your friends bringing you into the light and being like hey like, yes, you're not exactly. the product like, of what everyone has made you and instead of half a mask he wears a whole mask a la like Kylo Ren yes because he's trying to hide his whole face from the world <laughs> oh yes. that's good yeah. I like that because he feels he's a re- he's a monster and then everyone says you're not a monster look at you look at your face you're a beautiful yeah. boy you're well, my maybe... beautiful boy Timothy Chalamet <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful I mean, here's the thing that Son, I would watch heroin. that. Here's the I thing. I would watch that sequel. Like I would watch it. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, I want to know what happened. You, you pitched know? it. Yeah. Andrew Lade Weber, are you listening? <laughs> if yeah. you are, please forgive what I said about your show. I'm so sorry. Email Tracy it's Thomas great. at gmail.com. <laughs> give, email her $10 million. Yes. And I 20, will give francs you. a month. Yes, please. Um, and I will not extort you, you know, the way that certain phantom characters have extorted their, uh, Patrons. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't have to live in a sewer, I you will not extort I Angel Lake Blaffer. I will not. I, I will not be in that sewer. Um, but, you know, Gustav was, so yeah. it's fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. Gustav will be. Maybe he'll have a little sewer adventure. He'll find, oh my gosh, like Batman, you know, where oh. he like goes down, he finds the cave. He's like oh. going to go down and find his dad's yeah. cave. Oh, he I goes like, to Paris. I like that. It's like yeah. He goes to Paris. Like yeah, and he like finds his dad's cave. And he has a rat butler named Stuart Little <laughs> yes, that he grew up with in the orphanage. I don't know about this one, <laughs> Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also like his butler because it's Batman. <laughs> Did you know that Stuart Little's not actually a rat? He's just a small boy that yeah. looks like a rat. Yes. What? <laughs> we'll, we'll save this for the Stuart Little movies. Yes, I can the I franchise. I need to hear all yeah. the things that happened about this. I have a lot of questions. Stuart Little, written by M Night Shyamalan. Okay. Well, I think that concludes our discussion of Love Never Dies. Yes, please. Uh, yes, please. Let's get out of here. Please. Ooh. Um, 
overall, I think our overall thoughts is it's not good. It's fun to talk about in a yeah. lot of ways. Musicals are fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good are stuff. Fun. Yes, they are. To condense everything. Um, Tracy Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having episode. me, you guys. Yeah. So much fun. You're a natural. Yeah, truly. I just like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't know why you're nervous. You're, you're, you'll be yeah. great at this. <laughs> Do you have anything to plug before we go? Um, uh, I don't really have anything to plug. But if you're listening to this around August of <laughs> this year, 2023, 2023 yep. um, we are putting on a production of Sound of Music. So get your tickets, come and see it, get your musical hat on. Where's it at? Um, it's going to be um, at my uh, church community, oh, Highlands, Highlands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in La Crescenta. It's awesome. We get all of our professional actor friends to come and perform. And it's really, it's a hoot. I will say, I was stunned at their production of Christmas Carol. Yeah. I, I was really surprised when I walked in. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty legit. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to start a little theater company. So yeah. one day, musical theaters with the Thomases. <laughs> with the Thomases. Somebody please sponsor us. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I feel like we got the Thomas Theater Company. I feel like we got to work on that. I'm pretty flat. I'm pretty flat in that drop. It's the third take, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. It's the third take. It's the best we can do. You didn't like me doing my high pitched voice during it. You made a chipmunk sound. You need some harmonies. You need some harmonies in there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe just both of you should do one. No, it's you. you. It's you and me. We gotta do it. All right. You guys have to. Yeah. Connery, 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 bring the harmony. Plug your thing. Uh, My thing. Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you'll also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You'll probably enjoy Starship and Paula. It's an actually play role-playing game podcast hosted by myself and four other friends. We play the Starfinder game. You can find us on SoundCloud or the Apple Podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, yes, listen to Starship and Paula. <laughs> That's it. I no, I was just, I felt like I was being too mean. I'm like, no, it's good. Listen to it. It is good. Uh, follow me at Timey Vice on Instagram and follow us at Franchise Pod on all social medias that you would think that we're on. <laughs> Just guess. Up to you. Just figure it out. Yeah. Uh, please uh, like, share, and subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us five stars. It'll help us grow the show. Email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any questions, comments, uh, compliments? <laughs> any uh, franchises you want us to follow? Uh, t- wow. <laughs> any franchises you want us to cover, musical or otherwise? Uh I think that's it, right? Yeah, thank, well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've done so many of these. This is our 150th episode. Bow, 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 bow. There he is, Mr. 150. Oh, wait. That's the wrong one. <laughs> that's the wrong one. <laughs> thank you. Oh, wait. No, that's the wrong one. No, that was beautiful. Good. That was applause. applause. Thank you, Dave Grayson applause. Hansen, for our work and uh, for our music. Until next time, Connery, sing, sing any song from this musical. Okay, let me think. I don't I want to say it's like ten long years living a mere facade of lies. Ten long years wasting my time on smoke and noise. In my mind, I hear melodies pure and unknown. Thank you. Get Thank off the you. stage. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bring the hook. Goodbye, everybody. Somebody-